Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. That doesn't pick that up. None of this matters. If you're gonna fucking run your mouth, you did what? I farted like six times during class today, and it wasn't like silent. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> like you just don't even care anymore. No, I was just like, hey, <laughs> What did he do? He just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we welcome you to Why Did We Ever Meet. Hello, I'm one of your hosts. With me, as always, is my cackling whore of a wife, Ashley. <laughs> I'm not a whore. <laughs> uh, I joke. She's not a whore anymore. <laughs> Though I'm not sure. I was never a Get whore. Get on the floor. Uh, that was four lines in a row. Uh, a couple ways you can support the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are available. We would love it if you get onto, uh, onto that Apple Podcast app. Hit that subscribe button. Give us that Dave Meltzer five star and let us know how much you love us. Uh, we are also available wherever podcasts are available. The Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, etc., etc. If you want to know the best way to find us, what do they need to do, honey? Uh, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Visit jabroniu.com, the home of Why Do We Ever Meet, as well as a host of other lovely podcasts, such as The Draft Pod, Biff Radio, Flow and Tell, Locals Barbershop, New Jabroni Pro Wrestling, and so much more. <laughs> That's jabroniu.com, where you can find out, find out where all the podcasts on our network are available. Um, now, honey, uh, I often put our business in the front, and that is why. Uh, so that we can party in the butt. You remember how a microphone works? I barely remember. Uh, this week's guests are... Uh, are and now, if you are new to our show, because of who our guests are, hello. We're glad you're here listening. We hope you enjoy it. Hello. Uh, feel free to go back and listen to uh, some other episodes. We have, uh, we've had a, a, a slew, a bevy. A slew of of other wonderful guests, like uh, one of the hosts of the PWT cast, Scrump. We've also had Andre Gower from the Monster Squad. We had Jonah Matranga from Far and One Line Drawing. We had Eric Davidson from the New Bomb Turks. We've had a whole bunch of cool fucking people. And this week, it wasn't only a cool cool pair of guests. It's also our family. Our guests this week are BJ and Harmony Colangelo, who you guys know. As the host of This Ends at Prom, a lovely podcast every week that analyzes teen movies from from the perspective of BJ, who loves them, and Harmony, who did not grow up with these movies, and she's getting a first glimpse at them. <laughs> um, but And while we do talk about the podcast, 
uh, a, a backstory for those of you. You've I know you've heard them. If you're a listener of This Ends at Prom, you've heard them mention our show several times. And they they refer to us as family. Here's the reason. Uh, they are like our the aunts of our – they're our children's aunts. They're Aunt BJ and Aunt Harmony. Yeah. BJ and I met several years ago uh, as writers, uh, and then we became longtime collaborators on several movies together, like Powerbomb, uh, our segment for the anthology Death Sember, um, and, uh, and I helped produce her short film, Labrys. So we've, uh, we've done a lot of work together, and uh, she's family. She's not, uh, she, she and Harmony are a part of our lives uh, in a real way. Um, and not, uh, and and not just uh, a casual guest. It's fine. She can walk in a nightgown. It's That's fine. That's weird. It's not. It's like a dress. So uh, we, you know, we talk about real shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we we even play uh, one of our games that, um, one of the games that we play on the show. Um, so if you also, if you're a first time listener, my wife is a uh, is a. Uh, barely participating co-host in most instances our children are are outside and for whatever reason she's decided to be upset about it what no no she doesn't have shoes on roxy oh come get shoes on okay can you she not? just took a bath who gives a shit i give a shit who gives a shit she's gonna put shoes on no one I gives know. a shit neither should you okay she's flipping rapunzel whatever that means at any rate uh yeah, so if this is your first time hearing us, welcome. Sorry about the chaos, uh, uh, but uh, we had a wonderful time with them, um, and uh, we miss them terribly. Very much so. I'm yes. so glad that they are where they are, though. Yes, so are we. Where they are not. Uh, <clears throat> they're not a target for. Right. I mean, I wish I could think of another what, better a better way to say it. What yeah. where they're not a target and a place where like being trans isn't fucking criminal yeah or, exactly you know, whatever the fuck or goes just, on in ohio yeah um but uh, at any rate uh we uh we love them we loved having them on and it won't be the last time and no and no, uh no. keep your eyes peeled because i'm gonna be on their show very soon oh yeah, very excited about it um so yeah uh thank you for listening uh, we, we hope you enjoy the conversation and we hope you stick around. We've got some other fun guests coming up. We also do shows where it's just us and the next, uh, your, your, the next few will be just us because, uh, we're going to watch WrestleMania and we're going to dissect it. And, uh, <laughs> uh it's going to come with a lot of bitching and complaining. What are you doing? Why is he <laughs> musical theatering, theatering us right now? He's lip syncing for his life right now. Yeah. He's got his fucking AirPods in and he's lip syncing for his just life. just fucking going for and it. No one can hear what he's doing. Yeah. So Get it, at boy. any rate, uh, thank you for listening. And without further ado, do <laughs> here's our interview with BJ and Harmony Colangelo. All right. So this week's guest, uh, it's uh, it's cust- it's it's not often that your guests are are both uh, both celebrities in some form and your family, but it worked out good for us on this one. Uh, uh, she is a writer, director, producer, performer who's done everything from stage to screen, and 
her and along with her is her wife who is an award-winning bartender and also a writer see uh, <laughs> together they are they are wives who host this ends it prom podcast which is available on what network pod people productions every thursday ladies and gentlemen please welcome bj colangelo and harmony colangelo hello hello Hi. Roxy has been lingering all morning. <laughs> she was on the phone with her friend and she's like, I want to talk to my aunt. I got to talk to my aunts. So, <laughs> you know, kind of preempting, like, if I hang up, this is why. So, but she had to go. Oh, okay. She had to- oh, so it's perfect timing then. Uh, she has to play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. She's going to play Dungeons and Dragons. So. All right. She's got good priorities. I would I'm hang anchor. up on people for that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Penny Sparklet. Oh, perfect. So they're no, going Penny to Hips. I know, I know, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I know her last name. Marty and Sarah. They call her Sparkalette. Oh. That's her real- oh. <laughs> <laughs> They talk about like anime and crazy stuff. Oh my God. They spent most of the morning talking about whether she was gonna yeet off a cliff or <laughs> yeehaw off a cliff. Yeehaw off a cliff. <laughs> Comes flying in here. Um, we I think yeehawing, you choose to yeehaw yourself, you yeah. get yeet off the cliff. Yes. Like you yes. can't yeet yeah. yourself. Yeah, someone yeah. has to yeet you off that cliff. Right. It's uh, to yeet or yeehaw. Um, <laughs> but most of the time we we're not sure what they're talking about. But like a lot of times we're not yeah. sure what they're talking about. But it's the same way with the with Cash too. I mean, you've been around he and his friends. Well, oh yeah. They 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 speak in, in TikTok at this point. What so. they kept calling him, they were over here on last Saturday. Was it last Saturday? Yeah, it was last yeah. Saturday. And they're all outside like being crazy and they kept calling him white boy. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not know what they all look like? <laughs> Has anyone told them? There's very, very little uh, ethnicity in that circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if Xavier's not with them, it's yeah. d- it's reduced down. Yes. <laughs> so it was, it was so hilarious. Nothing but white boys. Yeah. But it's, bas- it's all it all comes from a single hamlet in Europe, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so. So getting into it, how are you guys? How is it? You've moved across the country. Uh, we saw you guys lip the, the day before you we, we spent. Yep. Yes. <laughs> how has the move been from it's, Ohio to California? It's very weird because... Well, we, we don't have snow right now, which is nice. Yeah. Cleveland got snow yesterday. <laughs> April Fool's and you motherfuckers. We don't have yeah. that, which yeah. is great. Um, here, just a teeny bit. So weird. Much. But we really, you know, I mean, we still haven't gotten to really, really experience the area yet because obviously the world is still what it is. Right, huh? right. Um, so it's hard to make like a, a really true assumption, but there have been some some small changes that I really like. Um, I have to teach myself how to unclench my butthole when I go to the grocery store yeah. because people aren't screwing with us anymore, yeah. which is new and interesting. um harmony's plants are thriving in the kitchen they look so good they're getting actual sunlight (laughs) well i'll say like the california sun hits so differently than ohio sun because like i was shaving my legs yesterday and i'm like wow like 
the sunlight is hitting me right now and I'm going to have to try extra hard because the the, the overcast sky is not going to cover up my dumpy Midwestern imperfections here. So <laughs> I'm going to have to be on my A game a lot more often. That explains California. Yeah. Yeah. We can <laughs> hide a lot of flaws here with, with, with bad, with bad weather and strategic clothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, now it's like, oh God. And like you're in HD lighting because the sun is out all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. All right, show them and then we're-, we're... This is how to yeehaw yourself off the cliff. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> down on the ground. They can't see it on the table. You're down on the ground. That's really hard to yeah. <laughs> Climb up the hill on top of it on the cold winter mountain. Go down, splash yourself. I mean, your physics on the trajectory and arc of that jump, pretty close. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Go. All right. Go over here. Yep. Or come over here. Sit beside us. Oh, she's got to write it. How to? Oh, she's. Do this right here. (laughs) This is the chaos everybody subscribes for. No, it is. It is. (laughs) And oh. they should have known. Like the second you see our names on here, it's like uh, there's going to be some uh, riffraff happening here. Up to the whole time. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, that's close enough. Well, you, yeah, you got it backwards. Silf, C I L L F. Okay, go. You got to go over there. Go, 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 go. My God. So, so I think the best thing to do is because it's rare that i mean we've had couples on but not not a lot uh and because the name of the show is befitting to it how how did you meet <laughs> you just did a tiktok about this i did actually <laughs> because did. because somebody somebody asked me well because originally i did a tiktok it was like what's the uh, question you hate being asked the most and I said that I hate when people ask me what it's like being married to a trans woman, because I know that's not the question they're actually trying to ask me. Yeah. And because TikTok is full of fellow homosexuals, yeah. um, people were like, I want to know how you met. How'd you know she was the one? What are your hobbies? Do you have a dog? You know, normal questions, <laughs> which is very cute. Which is wild. The questions these kids ask. I had... <laughs> I did a seminar for like a bunch of high school kids for basically like a, a gay straight alliance one time. And one of the questions they wanted to ask me as like an elder statesperson of queerdom was, what's it like being in love? And at the time I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they, they want to know. Yeah, they want to know. Yeah. Like, te- because they, I mean, teenagers think they're in love like the second they look at somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The hyperbole of it all. Right, uh-huh. right. And it's, it sucks because you want to, like, you want to be honest with them. Like, I, you don't want to disregard their feelings on it, but also you'd be like, you, this doesn't matter. You, just so you know, none of this matters. None of this matters. No. These four years of your life, they don't mean anything. They won't affect anything <laughs> other than your psyche. <laughs> they, yeah. These people, they will bear no influence on your life. Don't worry about it. Move on. Yeah, but, pretty much. Yep. Um, as far as like how we actually met, so there it, it goes in stages. Yeah, so you, the, you were stalking me. The first stage is I went to the Hump Film Festival, Dan Savage's Hump Film Festival. And for those who don't know, the Hump Film Festival is essentially independently made sex films. 
and they can range from things that are, you know, cute and sweet or things that are funny and absurd. But uh-huh. the only rule is that it needs to include actual unsimulated sex. And the movies never go on the internet. They never get put on DVD. You can only see them at the festival. It's a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. And I went there with a group of people and Harmony was there. Didn't know who she was. I was there with my friend's mom who impromptu decided, let's dress like sexy pirates. So So that was the first time you you saw me. Yeah. So this giant ass pirate trans lady walks in and I was like... (laughs) Well, I didn't know that's a thing I'm into, but that's checking a lot of boxes. <laughs> you for never me. know until you're faced with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I obviously like I I have I had dated trans people in the past in college, but it was it was the giant pirate thing that I was like, okay, yeah, your height. That's <laughs> you like your height, it's... and then the pirate thing on top of it. Like it's a, yeah. It's... <laughs> she's really hard to miss. Like she's like, the probably the most unsubtle person you could be in a room with and and it's yeah for people that don't know harmony how tall are you uh six three last i checked but that's been a few years either i've gotten taller or shorter possibly i don't know how aging works (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i saw her there and i was like well that's cute okay and you know just didn't think anything of it didn't say anything i was with you know my own group of friends and then uh I don't know how much longer after that, but a good friend of mine, Jess Falstick, stand-up comedian, comedic actress, just wonderful human. She and I were going on like a day bar crawl because we're garbage Midwest people. It was like a Sunday morning. It was a Sunday morning. We had just had brunch and we saw that a bar in in Lakewood called Mayhall. So like punk bar, bowling alley also where they do old wrestling where we would have had our wedding where we were supposed to have our wedding reception (laughs) if it wasn't canceled (laughs) um and we went there and mayhalls was doing something called scummy summer and i was like well that's perfect and right (laughs) up my alley (laughs) and we went in there and harmony was bar backing at the time so i kept seeing her in there and i was like oh god like that's that girl's very cute. Oh God. I have a very big crush on this girl. Didn't say anything. Some chicken shit. Yeah. And you have berated me in the years since by saying like, I was sitting over there just fawning over you and you don't even remember me. And in my defense, that event was a bust and we had like five people show up. So we were just drinking the frozen daiquiris all day. So I don't remember a good chunk of that actually. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah. So that's like, I knew of her existence at that point. And then um, when Harmony and I like actually met, uh, I was in a relationship that was not a very healthy one for anyone involved. And because post cancer, because for those who don't know, I also almost died. um, That's when there was sort of this reckoning of, Hey, I almost died. I really can't be living my life in a way that's stifling anymore. I just kind of refused to. And I had always been very gay. And for whatever reason, um, (laughs) and by very gay, (laughs) (laughs) like I'd always been very gay, but uh, in all honesty, it's because when I started writing about horror and people were so horrible to me because I was a woman, I didn't want to give extra ammo. So I actually went back into the closet a bit for, for like seven years there, which was not good for anybody. So 
my partner at the time you don't have to, you don't have to creep with your aunts your yeah so uh <laughs> my partner at the time was like hey you know if you want to like go out and you know be with women sure just do that and I was like all right cool so I met Harmony on tinder and um the thing we bonded over was wrestling. The thing we bonded over was wrestling because her profile had a picture of her dressed like Macho Man Randy Savage. It's and unifying, it's the most unifying factor on the planet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my Tinder, I don't know if they still do it, but they but do At the this time, thing. it was like, what's your personal anthem or whatever? Yeah. And mine was uh, Glorious, like Bobby Roode's theme. <laughs> <laughs> Which it was still real hot at the time. Yeah, it was like, it hadn't right, been destroyed it yet. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we matched and by say we matched, like her profile came on my thing. And I had this moment of like, oh, it's that girl. I don't know what to do. And it was this Throw thing of phone. like, yeah, pretty much. I was like, I can't do this. Um, so then I swiped right. And it was like, you have a match. And then I like did throw my phone. I was like, ah, like I didn't expect it to go this far. Oh no, no, no. That is not the whole of that story. <laughs> I swiped on you and you paid for the fancy pantsy <laughs> subscription that let you see that I swiped on you for days. And then you didn't respond to it because you, you were scared. <laughs> oh, I was terrified. And then she swiped a few days later. Yeah, I did. That's true. You don't want to look too de- too desperate. Too, too, you know. So so we matched. And then I, despite knowing, because, you know, I paid for the service to see that she clearly you knew interested, I was interested. Yeah, I still was like, I can't talk to her. What if she doesn't like me? <laughs> so then I, I didn't say anything. She finally said something. And it then became like, oh, this is a thing. New Year's Eve at your house, actually, where everyone was just like drinking and having a good time. And I was just kind of glued to my phone all night. And it's because I was talking to her bitch ass. I was another day where I do not remember much about mm-hmm. that day because <laughs> I I was supposed to work that night and I was really mad about it. So I basically woke up and had fallen asleep with like half a glass of whiskey on the end table next to me and was like, well, I mean, it's been sitting out all day, but it didn't go bad. <laughs> oh, and um, milk. yeah, basically just started and like, I'm really just going to okay. make everyone say, think I'm an alcoholic because yeah, I woke up and started drinking liquor first thing in the morning. Like, no, it was New Year's Eve. It was a special occasion. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just had been drinking like pretty much all day. Yeah. <laughs> Including the like 45 minutes I had to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They called me and they were like, we don't actually need you. Bye. <laughs> I do want to point out, by the way, uh, while the listeners can't see it, your nephew is in his underwear and just keeps running back and forth. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it. Like, yeah. like, like it matters. But... I was like, like, I haven't seen your ass. Yeah. Like, no actually... kidding, child. No, 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 uh, no, no. Oh, There it is. I was about to say, I haven't seen it, but uh, yep, there we go. There it is. It's done now. We've all seen your ass. You don't even have to ask. You know, <laughs> no. Oh, willingly show it. So there's, there's a weird, it, it's weird because, uh, you know, we've said multiple times on the show, like we've mentioned how you guys are family to us and you guys have said it on your show. And I think people are like, how does this whole thing work? It goes back before you guys met. Mm-hmm. BJ and I have been friends and colleagues and and uh, co-creators of things for how long? I mean, I mean, when did when did Blood Sprayer start? Because <clears throat> that's that was, long, that was a long time ago. Um, yeah. So we were BJ and I were both a part of this 
before <laughs> a long time ago, people wrote lengthy diatribes called blogs <laughs> <laughs> about super niche things that those people cared about. And the horror blogging universe was, I mean, massive. Yeah, it was huge. Like there was a point where there was a website called Horror Blips that legitimately just showed what blogs were the most popular because the market was becoming so saturated with content that it was like, hey, here's what's actually worth a shit. Right. And it, and what's funny is like there at that point in time, and I don't know if people could fully grasp this unless they're a part of it. There was enough room for everybody, believe it or mm-hmm. not. Like mm-hmm. somehow everybody found a space and there was a ton of cross pollination. And so you, uh, you and I had been introduced through mutuals in that world. Mm-hmm. You'd come and written stuff on, on my site. Um, and we just, you know, kind of hovered in the same spaces until, and then when you moved to Ohio, mm-hmm. that's kind of where everything takes off where we're just involved then from that point on. Yep. And and then uh, there's, I mean, that went from like, hey, we're, you know, we're writing to now, we, you know, we made, we've made multiple movies together. Like it, yeah, it was a weird, it, I was trying, I was trying to think in advance about this whole thing and how like, wow, it's weird how, how people in these worlds have met, but it doesn't seem weird. Like it, do- it, it seems very natural to me at this point. What's, what's also really weird is because a lot of a lot of that crew of people that we started out with have sort of fallen off like they yeah you know they they yeah. had their families or you know day jobs turned into careers or what right. have you so a lot of these people you know I still keep in touch with or I know but they're not in that same world but then there are people who you know this became their career and you know I've obviously made other friends people who you know work more I don't want to say like they started professionally like they didn't work their way up the ladder the way you know people like us have right and they'll be like oh so what's what's this person's story and I'm like I've known them for a decade and they're like how have you known them for a decade I'm like because I've known them since we were all like shitheads with our own wordpress and blog spots right just yelling into the void. Yep. You <laughs> with it, your online zines, basically. It, it was. Yeah. It was. And it felt, it, it's funny to look at it now because I look at it at the time, it did feel important. And I do think it was important because I think that did affect, I think it had a pretty profound effect on, on at, at the very least, independent horror. Mm-hmm. But look at, the, look at the studios uh, that have, catered to these genres like using Blumhouse as a, a prime example they they not only like they didn't shun the voice of the, this blog world mm-hmm. like, they welcomed it and mm-hmm. the point where like no, we should maybe integrate ourselves into it I think it did have an effect on horror and cult film that all of us were out there we were screaming into the void like it was just shouting into the channel but some of those screams got out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and it, they didn't fall on deaf ears. It, it fell into, fell onto the ears of people that were like, Oh shit. So all these, all these dum-dums with their own WordPress, some of them actually have something to say. And I think that was what, uh, for like, for all these people, like you would kind of 
your path was different than I think most BJ, because you, you had, you'd taken, you'd taken a stance that was, that was uh, addressing horror and exploitation film, but from a social, a socially conscious place Mm -hmm. and a politically conscious place. And that's a really like to start on that road, not make your way to it, but to start on that road, not an easy path. Nope, Down it sure was day one ish. Yeah, you went. Yeah, you were you with a Bernie Sanders who's been showing up for decades. Yep, I like to think of myself as like Jane Fonda, just like getting arrested. It's like <laughs> I've been getting docs since I was eighteen. Like I know what this world is because that's another thing. There was a, I there was a week in October where I published for like I think eight different outlets, and they were all big outlets. Yeah, and another woman writer uh wrote something like wow i see this like bj colangelo person all over the place like who is she and where did she come from and i had this moment where i like felt like a little offended where i'm like i've been here for a very long time <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah i've yeah. been working my ass off for a very long time but like you said if you were not really part of that world then you don't like you don't realize how deep it goes and how mm-hmm. long it is. I mean, you look at the people in all honesty, I look at somebody like a Sam Zimmerman, who's now curating for Shudder or Ryan Turek, who's producing at Blumhouse. And it's like, no, we were all like dumb bloggers who yep. then like wrote for dumb websites. Right. But we showed like, hey, we know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. And it revitalized and changed genres. And I think there's a lot of really cool power in that. Do yeah. I wish that, you know, the the marginalized writers who came up with that crew were getting those same opportunities? Yes. Yes, I do. But, you know, to me, I look at that not as something that's a hindrance, but also as a, hey, if they've done it, then that proves that there is a pathway and I just got to find a way to carve my way there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, <clears throat> if you look at some of the people that we, I, I mean, at this point now, like looking at some of them that, like you had mentioned earlier, made a career out of it. Brian Solomon was already, had written professionally, but at, at this point, he's got a few books out. Like mm-hmm. there are people that stayed that path. And then, um, or even as varied as like, uh, like Bill Adcock, mm-hmm. who's, who's writing uh, like RPG yeah like for like uh, is it is a uh, like a cthulhu one i think so yeah like it these people all had a voice and they had something unique and it wasn't it wasn't until like we look at it now like you'd said where where's this bj colangelo person come from look fucking look around (laughs) (laughs) These, some of these people have been writing for a long ass time and you've, I mean, list some of the places you've written for. I don't think people fully understand like the, the wide scope of places. The thing too, is I, for, like, I'm going to say this and then I know I'm going to forget somewhere, yeah. but so I originally wrote for a website called day, the woman that no longer exists, unfortunately, because people have tried to hack into it. So it had to like kind of get nuked from orbit, which sucks. Um, but day, the woman was my blog. And that led me to writing everywhere from bloody disgusting, dread central, Fangoria, horror hound. Uh, I was featured in Rue Morgue magazine, uh, creature feature magazine, playboy.com, 
Blumhouse.com when it existed, FearNet when it existed, um, Vulture, the New York Times. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else am I forgetting? Oh, Shutter. Uh, publications like We Are Horror. I've contributed to Hidden Horror 101, a book called Creepy Bitches, a book called When Animals Attack, an upcoming book uh, about killer kid movies that doesn't have a title yet. And that's just what I'm thinking of. And I've also had my work published in academic, like for like college textbooks and it's available online. People have used my work in their curriculum. Um, People have cited my work in their own books. Um, I'm also one of the women in a a thousand and one women of horror. I'm interviewed in that a couple other places. I'm sure that I'm forgetting, but like if the thing I usually say is if somewhere focuses on horror, Oh, birth movies, death as well. Um, if somewhere has focused on like genre or horror, I've written for them at some point. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And all that stems from a teenage emo scene girl who likes <laughs> fucking horror movies. <laughs> Follow your dreams, emo teens. <laughs> Emo's coming back. It's getting like a sixth wave. I know. It's amazing. I yeah, think I put on yeah. my TikTok that I'm a retired scene kid. <laughs> so what's funny too about that is like like saying that like there's a sixth wave Mm -hmm. what's really funny is i recently read an article on brooklyn vegan where they were like uh they're talking about 10 years you know it's the 10th anniversary of the post-hardcore wave and i was like what the fuck does that mean so i went back (laughs) and looked 10 years ago a bunch of bands put out emo and post-hardcore records that sounded like the bands from my generation Mm-hmm. that's on its 10th anniversary i may as well be dead because that's <laughs> 100 years old you are about 100 years old right i'm 41 close okay that's not close for you close. Um, 40 the new 100 that's right <laughs> gross is that good <laughs> <laughs> so so knowing bj's roots and i knew those the best harmony award-winning bartender and now writer and successful podcaster how does that like how does that path how do you carve that path um i i ended up doing jobs that would hire me that's how i ended up that's how i ended up doing anything in life uh like i don't want to be all doom and gloom about it but like as far as like the trans thing goes yes People don't hire you in Ohio for anything. No. So most of the jobs I've had to work are like working in adult stores, working under the table at various places that, you know, need some person in the middle of the night, um, working for old gay people who like to tote out, look at my transsexual, look at my, I'm so progressive. Like old lesbians and old gay men love to just be like, ha ha, look at me. <laughs> um, and then they trot me out like a show pony. But uh, that's pretty much all the places I ended up. And then I was, I think, broke as a joke. I had a car that's brakes didn't work at the time. uh, So we had to refill the brake fluid uh, about every two or three drives. And I worked at a a checklist taco franchise in the greater Cleveland area that would eventually fire me because I didn't have the right look for front of house. Um, Hold on. Hold on. What is the right look for checklist tacos in Cleveland? Well, I, I'm well keep keep in mind, this isn't like some bougie place where like you need to be white collar. Like the people who work front of house at checklist taco 
establishment in Cleveland, uh-huh. which could mean two of them at this point, which is funny. Both um, ran by white people. Yep, both run by white people. Also, a lot of Dia de los Martosa decorations that no one seems to want to address. There was also that horrible Frida Kahlo. Yep, uh, also a white Frida Kahlo oh. on the side of the building, just oh. making great decisions. Yeah. But the people who work there, they're like covered in tattoos and have really cool hair. So this is not an instance of like, you can't work here because this is white collar America. It's like, right. you can't work here because we are bigots. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. It, the, the, the short of that story, <clears throat> sorry. The short of that story is that I desperately needed a job yeah. and they were looking for someone to, I think it was work expo at the time. So I was in back of house along with all the black people. Oh, of and uh, my one of my best friends at the time, Cassie, who you, you can listen to her lovely angelic voice on our House Bunny episode on yep. our podcast. Goddamn angel. Love her to absolute bits. That was my second of three jobs I worked with Cassie, where uh, she would, got me in an interview. I ended up working there and I was so dang good at my job. The managers wanted to promote me to server. And then the owners went, no, we don't want this person to be out there where customers can see them. So uh, you don't have the right look, but they didn't say that part. They were just like, oh, we're just downsizing for the season. And uh, we're, we're letting go of everyone who was hired over the summer. And they weren't. Everyone else just got moved to new stores, including one that was opening in like a month. So basically they just relocate, reallocated everyone except for me. And uh yeah, it's because they hate trans people, and that—that's what they meant by not right look. Wow, it almost—it almost seems like they did that on purpose, Harmony. Right? It's so it's so Ohio of them. But uh, yeah, so I ended up doing, I ended up doing that. Got hired at Mayhalls when they let me go because Cassie also worked at that bar, <laughs> and uh, started working my way up the ladder there, and then ended up at a side quest where I basically. I don't want to take too much credit, but I pretty much took everything that they were doing right and then made it better and gayer. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, that's where I ended up winning my best bartender in Cleveland award. And, and your best trivia. And my best trivia. Cause yeah. I also hosted yeah. trivia there every week. And you, you also have, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, is there not a book with your wonderful recipes in it. He's so fucking bad at talking about this book. Yeah. Yeah, It should be on your social media every day. uh, (laughs) It's uh, in my bio on my Twitter. Thank you. I (laughs) sacrificed a very funny description for myself about the Malcolm in the Middle intro because I didn't want to remove that because I didn't have the character limit. Thank you. (laughs) But yes, I also have a, a, a list of I think it's like 35 cocktails and non-alcoholic cocktails Mm -hmm. that are all based around the queer event drinks called a year of queer cocktails that is out there in the ether. And everyone talks about how great it is, which is very funny because it was originally just done as a way for like the bar staff to make money via a fundraiser during COVID. And um, now everyone's back to work. So now it's just like, give me all my money. But (laughs) yeah, uh, I did not think put much thought into it. I was like, oh, we'll sell like 50 of these. And uh, we've sold way more than that. (laughs) And I want you to keep some. So it's going to get plugged in in this too. Um, Yeah. (laughs) What? Name some of your greatest hits. Of of my drinks in the book or in general? 
in general? Because you've got some some great names for your drinks too. Oh, I mean, the book, the, there's a lot of really obvious ones in there. Like the Leather Daddy is my one because mm-hmm. that one's made with a really smoky scotch that makes it taste like barbecue and leather. So like perfect, Very love Leather it. Daddy. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, this one, I stole the name of the penis colada, but the fact of the matter is like no one used the gimmick properly where I made a dick out of pineapple and cherries and then drizzled it in like Coco Loco. So it was all jizzy and stuff. Like if you're going to name it that, you commit. Do yeah. it. Do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, I had so many other really fun ones in there, but I do know I have a, some really, really great stuff coming up. That's maybe it'll be out by the time this comes out or maybe it won't, but it's got, I've got some cocktails that are going to be getting published in some websites based around some, some video game themes. But I'm really excited for those. I'm trying to think of some of just like my personal favorite ones. Well, I mean, the various goth girlfriends. What yeah, all the favorites. All of the goth girlfriend ones. So uh, Harmony made a drink specifically for me which uses black dyed vanilla vodka using like cake decorating uh, dye, not like yeah. charcoal. Cause that's bad for you. Um, cold brew and almond milk. So it looks really dark. And that's just the standard goth girlfriend. The big titty goth girlfriend is that you replace the almond milk with two scoops of vanilla ice cream. And it turns into like, like a float. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the sexy goth, the girlfriend. Sexy goth girlfriend is you use steamed milk and then it becomes like a hot chocolate drink. Okay. Um, okay. That I love all of the goth girlfriends. Those are great. Um, what are some of the things you drink? I honestly don't know what people like out of my drinks because I try to make some cool stuff where I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this thing with beet juice and it'll be all bloody. It'll be great. And everyone's like, ew, beets. Yeah. No one wants uh, fucking beet juice. <laughs> beets delicious. But the thing is, if you mix beet correctly, it's like very wild how good I, it is alcohol. Yes. I also have a side gig working for one of our other favorite podcasts, the Kicking and Screaming podcast. Yeah. Where uh, those are those are our friends, Vanessa and Elijah, and mm-hmm. I make cocktails for their, based around their double feature movie pairings of oh, Kung think. Fu movies and horror films every month. I made a delicious one recently <laughs> involving beet juice. You did. And they kind of freaked out. They were like, mm, I'm a little sus about this. And they drank it and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why is this good? Yeah. So. Um, I like, mm. you've got some, some gimmicky ones that I really like. Uh, you have, she, she did one called Angelica's cookie heist for a Nickelodeon oh, party. Yeah. And it's got like cookie crisp in it. Oh, the booze berry is good. That's a booberry cocktail. I, th- those milk. Co- well, the, the cookie heist was basically just ended up becoming the booze berry. Yeah. We just, where it was like, Hey, we needed some Halloween cocktail. So I just made one with yeah. cereal milk and put booberry in it and made it really alcoholic. <laughs> Hey, speaking of blueberry, hey, BJ, do you remember that one time Ashley made edibles with Frankenberry and blueberry and it almost killed all of us? She talks about it every single time we get blueberry. With the couch. (laughs) Yeah. Uh These edibles aren't that big of a deal. Like 10 minutes later, everybody, like, nope, nobody can move. God forbid like, a carbon monoxide leak happened at that point. We <laughs> well, what's, what's weird is that New Year's specifically, because you were at your old places before you got the house. Yeah. And this was also right around the time. Didn't like an animal die like in your yard or in the wall or like something yes. happened? Yes. Something had something had died in the wall. And we <laughs> like in, in the house, in the wall. And one part of the, like a quarter of the fucking house smelled like a body <laughs> animal. And we, <laughs> 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 
it, okay. it, it was like zero. It's it was, gone. It was like poltergeist fucking Amityville shit, where it's like, oh, it smells like death over in that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the and, there. <laughs> like, I don't know why that's what I remember, but I think I just remember being so like just delusionally and viciously high and just being like there's a dead animal somewhere really close to me but we can't get to it <laughs> we have uh, a couple of those stories because bj like harvey immediately like as soon as you guys as soon as we realized like oh this is for real like you were just a part of us because that's what we yeah. do yeah I, I yes you did <laughs> and against against your whether you wanted it or not it was like nope you're with us now i, I was indoctrinated <laughs> into this cult yes. yes you were yes welcome <clears throat> and we have all these years of like stupid Just stuff that like shit oh and, my god but there's so many moments that involve that i think about of ashley and bj and i being cheap to the gills because we're at a horror convention and we don't want to go down to that mess. <laughs> so we're going to get ripped and, and just sit in hotel beds and laugh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is where our love of, of the, uh, the paperback. Oh my God. The fake paperbacks. From. Uh, we were we like, displayed right over there. Yeah. It's over. It's on <laughs> that book is on display because you all lovingly gave us a, a bunch of them before we moved. Yes. But that yes. cinema wasteland, we were just eating pizza and so high. Oh my god. And crying. And people kept coming into the room to be like, hey, what's up with you? You want to go do this? And we're just crying. And they're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> And you can't explain it why it's that fun, you know. Like you hold it up and show them, and they're like, "Yeah, that's kind of funny." Yeah, like I don't. Sure. <laughs> We're like, "No, it's the greatest." Thing ever. <laughs> like, oh God! They just posted the new one today. I was thinking about the my first <laughs> encounter with you, Harmony, and I'm pretty sure it was at an AIW show, right? At a wrestling show? Probably. I think that was the only time I met you all before the Powerbomb premiere. I think that's the case right i bj was it was it at magnum's retirement was that the one that sounds right maybe i know it was around that time like i definitely everyone was at that show yeah yeah i i don't remember it's in that realm i can't remember i don't think we were there no it was just cash and i okay because cash sat with you guys Hmm. yeah yeah he which is usually the case and um and that's usually how it goes. Like cash, cash takes off with BJ and Harmony. Um, but I remember the, the obviously the obvious thing is like, she's quite tall. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the thing I told Ashley the next morning. I was like, she's very tall. She's a very tall. Woman. Yes. I'm a, I'm a big bitch. Yeah. <laughs> or as BJ calls you, what do you call her BJ? Oh, she's a long ass bitch. Long ass bitch. Because there's a, one of those like fake book covers and it's a T-Rex and what is that? Like the, it's like a the brontosaurus. And it's like this giant necked dinosaur and the T-Rex just says, fight me, you long ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyway, we have various uh, dinosaur iconography because of that around yes. our home. <laughs> we, we have a couple giant blue brontosauruses and then like, dumpy short 
green like triceratopses for yeah. me. <laughs> just some like corgi legged dinosaurs. <laughs> Not to be confused with suck my nasty chin, you denim daddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best one, so, like, without a doubt. So speaking of something like this, uh, this is something I like to expose people to whenever I get the opportunity. And it recently came up because we wanted to do, uh, this This is going around Twitter right now, where uh, everyone's discovering that Spice World doesn't exist on any platform anywhere. Not a one. No. And the DVDs are like $30 for like DVDs of Spice World. And we really wanted to do it on the podcast, but now we're probably, now just, we, can. We, can, we, we can, but it's, we're not going to, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. wait. Yeah. It'll have its time. But uh, I was like, let me just check like Amazon, maybe someone's selling a used copy. And it wasn't that, but there was like two things down. It was like the life and times of Tom of Finland was like the second recommended movie. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, there is, I don't, I don't know why. I just, uh, gay men really like Tom of Finland and the Spice Girls, I guess. But okay, okay. <laughs> one of the things that I love that I've introduced some of our California like gay friends to that they are way into is a hand job magazine. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love hand job magazine because it's basically Tom of Finland, but for like fat hairy daddies who like young hairless boys. And um, <clears throat> I I cannot describe these these like, these pieces for oh my god the <laughs> illustrations it's a bunch of like little league coaches and like like sleazy uncles and they all have the very very round bellies like the specifically exercise ball round bellies but uh yeah all of them have the most ridiculous writing and these these book covers are that kind of vibe mm-hmm. and the writing is the most like Clearly you're writing it with a single hand while the other one is just like beating your meat because you're like, and then he said, grab his cock. And he was like, that's right. You grab my cock, take my cock. It's like the most juvenile writing and it's amazing. We were watching that documentary circus of books and harmony, like, Oh, I flipped out from the couch and was like, they have a whole wall of hand job magazine. <laughs> Especially because they went out of business shortly after I stopped working at the adult store I was at. And I was heartbroken because they were my favorite part to get the shipment at the friend of the month. <laughs> I, I love, I, what I love too is it's. Is it hand jobs? I think it's hand job, but it might be plural. There's, she's looking at dozens of covers of, <laughs> of hand. Oh yeah, that's them. All right. <laughs> My favorite thing is that it's just like a half a beat away from pro wrestling magazine covers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> They're amazing. They're, where it's like the Santa Claus one's fun. Santa Claus one? <laughs> oh God, I love them There's so fun. much. No, that's not you don't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> gonna gonna delete Google search on that. Uh, those, those, uh, my favorite thing about those though, is that they're so, the, the, uh, the look of all of those men is super like machismo. Like I, that is my favorite thing, hands down. Because anytime someone loving pro, like pro wrestling fans can tell you if they, if they're, you know, if they, if they have half a cent. A pro wrestling fan can tell you, like, oh yeah, you can see an absolute correlation, and and like, like looking at a Tom of Finland book cover, <laughs> and looking at a pro wrest like photos of pro wrestling, and be like, I can see why 
there's this crossover pollination of fandom there for sure yeah not that i'm even watching uh, i'm not watching wrestling like religiously i'm mostly tuned in for the big shows but the fact that not like the big show like not so much him but um (laughs) but that's a whole different big man but uh yeah like they literally made a tom of finland like serial killer in the way of dexter loomis like a huge baby face yes they did like that's the world we live in now yep yep and it's a weird like uh like as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's a- those." It's the it's the fit of those pants where you're uh-huh. like, "I know what you are." That's, yeah. that's, that's a Tom of Finland gimmick, like straight up. There, yeah. We we are gonna rip his character right from the headlines of hand jobs. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing. And like the funniest thing is my introduction to that character. I was uh, before he became kind of Tom of Finland. He was more of like an ambiguous like Dexter serial killer type. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. doing backstage promos with Eric Bugenhagen. Yeah. And um, yeah, that character was not fully fleshed, but the interaction between those two for that brief window was golden. <laughs> that Bugenhagen guy came and went so fast. Like, I don't, uh, like. He's around. They're just yeah, not putting him on TV. There. Yeah. He, like, his, his social media is just him, like, lifting absurd amounts of weights and, and thrashing. Like yeah. being hype as fuck. Yep, just shredding on his guitar. Like that's what yeah. that dude does. Is dude's rad. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> yeah, He's, it's powerlifting and like fucking Saxon solos. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we have to talk about like. I mean, you 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 moved to California because in the in the realm of like career for you guys, there's there's more opportunity there. What, yeah. what you're doing but especially you especially yeah <laughs> yeah i got some shit to tell you offline Woo! yeah okay. <laughs> um, you're, you're, you're uh, hot shit <laughs> uh but then there's there's an interesting thing where like you're living in cleveland prior to this mm-hmm. and harmony is harmony you're from ohio bj you're from the chicago area harmony's from ohio and harmony you're from a part of ohio that is not Progressive is not the word that I would use to describe. No. I I worked in Lakewood, which Lakewood is this very specific bubble that is really uncharacteristic for like probably yeah. the rest of Ohio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the people in Lakewood have no idea of what the world is at all. And it was extremely frustrating for me at all times where uh, they would assume that I live in Lakewood because I worked there and I didn't. I lived in Cleveland proper and I had lived in my neighborhood since it was kind of scary and not very nice before it got gentrified. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I was there at the ground level because the rent was cheap. Right. But the people in Lakewood, uh, they don't leave Lakewood. And I never wanted to live there because I needed to have like perspective of like, ah, yes, that's right. Ohio is actually like this. Yes. I, I don't want to be lost in some like fantasy land of like, oh yeah, no, everything's progressive and we're not actually really, really racist, even though Lakewood has some problems with that. Yeah. But yeah, no, Ohio sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there there's a there are deliberate efforts made in this state to stifle equality. Like oh yeah. Sp- specific calculated art and effort to to uh to stifle equality. And yeah. <clears throat> It's it's got to be I mean, it I and we've had this conversation the four of us have had this conversation but I you know I want to have it here too. Bruno. 
talk a little bit about the fact that like there are people in, in, in the LGBTQ plus community on the coasts that don't <sighs> fully grasp how difficult and how bigoted a huge portion of the country still is. And mm-hmm. I think that they just straight up, either they can't wrap their mind around it, especially people who were raised coastally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's even harder. Yeah. Um, for for people who have moved, I think that they're aware of it, but I don't think that they can like fully grasp that it's just as bad as it was when they left. Right. Um, I mean, because even earlier when, you know, Harmony was mentioning being fired for not having the right look or whatever. Right. Whenever people celebrate like, oh, this thing in the Supreme Court passed, it's now illegal to fire someone for being gay. No, they'll find another they're reason. They're going to still yep. do it. They're Absolutely. just not they just now no longer can say to your face that's why because people have been doing it because in so in cleveland cuyahoga county does have protections for lgbtq plus people which is is good you cannot be denied housing because of it or be fired from a job or denied public accommodations people find ways to to do it they'll make you uncomfortable to the point that you'll leave but I, when I was teaching in Cleveland, uh, occasionally they would have me on like my, my one break day, go to a different neighboring County. And I would have to explain to my supervisors who live in the city. Yeah. I can't go and teach there. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, one, that's a Catholic school. Like, so I can't go there. Like nothing about me looks straight. We're not, I don't want to deal with that. And in the neighboring county, I was like, if one parent complains, you do realize that, like, I will not be asked back. And they're like, that's absurd. Like, that's not a thing. I'm like, but it is, though. Like, five miles from our home, if I show up to a school and some angry parent sees me and goes, I don't want that, you know, faggot teaching my kid, I can be asked to leave and I legally cannot do shit about it. And I don't think people realize that. I also don't think that people realize how bold people still are about mm-hmm. uh, about queer bigotry um because similarly to like people who insult like fat people queer people and fat people are like this for whatever reason this acceptable form of bigotry in public a lot of times yeah or people are not willing to step up when they see it and like say hey leave this person alone because there's this weird mentality of like, oh, this is a lifestyle or this is something you've chosen or whatever, whatever. So people are like, well, I guess if they didn't want to be treated that way, they shouldn't act this way in public or they shouldn't whatever, whatever. And to, to like sit people down and be like, no, like people have taken photos of her without her consent. Like I've watched it happen yeah. or people will pull their children out of our pathway because they don't want them to see us or they'll just straight up say to your face hey i'm gonna kick your ass or whatever you should you should tell that story oh yeah i should um so i love thrifting and i not being able to do it over the last year is one of my the biggest problems because that's how i like hey table spot yeah yeah, it's like, I love the adventure of who knows what I'm going to find. And also it's retail therapy and it costs absolutely nothing for all this stuff I don't actually need. And also I've put on, you know, quarantine weight and none of my clothes fit properly. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Uh, 
but I go to the Salvation Army. Uh, that's that was pretty much always my main jam because Cleveland had the mothership, as I referred to it, which was the East 55th Salvation Army, where every single thing that would get shipped out to pretty much every neighboring one all had to go through there first. So it was like, okay, cool. So I know where to go. Everything's hunky dory, and I've always had a good relationship with people at various Salvation Armies, and they the response people say is like, oh, well, they hate gay people, and my feeling on that is think locally, not globally, like get your, get your head out of your ass on this one, because the people that have worked there have always had my back. I was at a Salvation Army down in Strongsville, you know, minding my own business, just killing time on a whatever day it was. And some guy just decides to say to me from like across a a row of t-shirts or something like, Hey, I don't like you. Like just something very candid. I, I don't like you. And I go, okay, cool. I've got the spoons for this. Let's, let's have a conversation with this man. Yeah. Uh, I say, okay, well, why? And he goes, well, I just think you're a freak. You got, you got blue hair and I just, I don't like you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, what does that actually mean? And we back and forth for a little bit until he says like, you've got a dick, don't you? And I go, well, that's none of your business. Yeah. And the conversation escalates to him eventually saying like, you can take an elephant and cut the dick off the elephant and then put a dog dick on the elephant, but it doesn't make it a dog was his metaphor. He went with, <laughs> um, so that was a choice of words. And yeah, then he, that's, that's apparently I was just, clear thought. I, <laughs> he was, he was doing his best. Yeah. And, uh, I, I apparently was just getting on his nerves and he goes, Hey, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm gonna kick your ass right now. And I go, no, you're not. <laughs> He goes, well, no, I'll, let's go outside. I'll kick your ass. I'm like, I'm not going to go fight you in the parking lot right now, dude. And mind you, this guy is probably like 60. He is, he is an old, fully grown man. And he goes, well, fine. We'll go to the Walmart next door. I'll go behind there and I'll kick your ass. And I go, no, I'm not going to go behind the Walmart. So you can second kick- location. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, uh, 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 you, you know where, you know, Cam's Corner, right? Which is up in Cleveland, not in Strongsville. And he goes, and I go, yeah. And he goes, you know, the high school, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, that's my neighborhood. Show behind the high school tomorrow at five o'clock. I'll kick your ass there. And I'm like, am I in fourth grade? Why are we like having a fight behind the school tomorrow? Why are we scheduling <laughs> ass kickings? Well, who, why did this happen? What, what is going on? Like, oh my God. I, I don't know. It's, it's, we're not done with this man. Oh my uh, God. Mind you, he has like a Pomeranian in his shopping cart. And his wife, who is, uh, we'll politely say she looks like she does um, Ohio's favorite drug of meth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like one of those. I know the so she, Yep. Yeah. So she comes over and she's just kind of hanging out now at this point while we're arguing. And uh, he, he's just hammering on about like the dick and stuff like that. And I go, okay, cool. Well, how about this? Um, I'm going to go mind my own business and you can suck my dick. And the the staff comes over and is like, oh, is there a problem here? And this woman utters BJ's favorite phrase in the world. I say it to the staff all the time. <laughs> of this man told my husband that he should suck his pee-pee. <laughs> and um <laughs> Sure. It's not exactly what I said, but okay, sure. <laughs> I uh, said dick. 
<laughs> yeah. So we end up getting into like, the, there ends up being this thing. And uh, yeah, the staff totally like says like, yeah, fuck this guy and like throws him out whilst he is, whilst he's telling people, no, hold my dog, hold my dog. I have to go kick this guy's ass because I'm getting thrown out. Watch my dog. Like this tiny little foofy dog hold in his shopping cart. Pomeranian while I fight this person. Okay. Yes. It's, it's a great visual, but uh, yeah. The staff now, every time I go there, including one of the time where that guy took our picture. Uh, yeah, every time I go there, the staff would always just be like, hey, you doing cool today? I'm like, I'm great. How are you? And this, the staff has always been, I, I was on a first name basis with people in various stores. Like, yeah, the CEO of Salvation Army is like a fuckhead. Fine. But like all the people there, they're always super duper great to me. I love that. It, you can't, it's hard to, it, it, it's like people go like, don't fucking eat at Taco Bell. I'm not going to punish a 19-year-old because the CEO of a Fortune 500 company likes to give write checks to Republicans that protect his tax bracket. Yeah, not the employee. I'm not blaming the employee of Taco Bell for that. I'm sorry, it's not exactly. Also, the um, the East 55th Salvation Army. I don't know if they still do, but like certainly for a while there, um, because I haven't been in like two years now. But they almost exclusively hired. uh, uh, convicts who are just freshly out of prison to like help them get them make money and get back in the system. And I was like, cool. So we're just, that's a problem, I guess. Yep. I guess we're, I guess that we're just, we don't care about that then. I, we, there was a, it was a year or two ago, a couple of years ago where we were, um, you guys were there too. We were all at a, a WWE pay-per-view in Cleveland. And uh we we were all sitting in different spots, so we went and met you guys afterwards to mm-hmm. to say to get to see you guys say hello and all that. And uh, we're all standing there talking. And after we left, my mother was appalled because people were looking at you, mm-hmm. and she just could not. She was just like disgusted by that. And I was like, "Mom, she's good. She like she." <laughs> I go. Also, she's seven foot tall and has blue hair. <laughs> she's she's she is she, visually you are seen from many places yes yeah yes but that was uh that was a problem we had when bj published an article not too long ago about why we were moving uh basically saying like hey ohio needs to get its shit together and yeah. a bunch of like really defensive gay people were like um if you didn't want people to stare at you or treat you differently you wouldn't have blue hair specifically coming from me because right. they like, were oh, being a-holes uh, and that's yeah cool let's not blame society let's blame individuals but that really is like a big problem that i don't think people in coastal cities can quite understand about how queer communities function in ohio because if you look at like the 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 map of like red and blue on ohio you're gonna have a sea of red because it's a swing state that never swings and then there's like the four maybe three or four pockets of blue like the three major cities and like the bowling green ish area yeah and Toledo area because you've got you've got a progressive-ish area in Wood County and Bowling Green with BGSU, mm-hmm. and then Toledo, um, you, you've got a, a strong union representation. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you have a strong African American representation, which has been able to push back. On, yeah, on that. So yeah, so. Ohio as a whole, like the red dictates ah. everything for all the cities. So you think, okay, the blue section of, of Cleveland, like that's got to be, you know, that's got to be good. The Cuyahoga County, maybe part of Lorain County, greater area, um, like Lake County even, who knows. But 
the problem that you run into that, especially when it comes to the queer community, is that uh, everywhere you go, you are functioning in a straight space because the only places you can really gather as far as like queer spaces in that area go are gay bars and maybe like the, the community center. So most of the gay bars, they all go out of business for lots of reasons. Uh, Bottoms Up went out of business. There was a, a, I think it was called The Nest, maybe. It was a lesbian bar went out of business. Um, Bounce went out of business twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all these things went just revolving door of bad things. And I had pretty lackluster experiences at all of them. And so you're only left with a couple. You're left with um, cocktails, which has, uh, it's primarily for older, like middle-aged queers. Uh, they have a very strong anti-trans rhetoric and really hate black people and within eight blocks of that bar is responsible for basically every trans murder in the state jesus christ like 90 percent of them all happen within eight blocks of that bar so that's cool you have twist which is used to be owned by a man who died a few years ago and his kids took over and they are reluctantly operating a gay bar because they don't want it to be a gay bar. So then they say, oh, we're doing a catch night. We're doing a Britney Spears night, like events that the gays will like, but they don't market yeah. themselves as a queer bar at all because they don't want to be. And even Except for pride when it's like cool or when they can do like newspaper things where it's like, we, we watch sports on Sunday. Yeah. So good PR stuff, safe. but that's yeah. only right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's like a woo girl bar. Yeah. It's that for also has like drag bingo. Yeah. It's oh, that, that's okay. all it is. It's, it's the gay bar for straight people and for like white gay men. And then you have like the Hawk, which is like kind of the daddy bar, which is mostly for hookups. And those are your three gay bars. It's like, okay, cool. So there's nowhere here for people of color to go, for trans people to go, for women to go, because you'll be mean mugged and ignored and kind of treated like shit in all of these things. So it's like, okay, well, there's the community center, which is mostly used for services. And they are doing a lot for um, people of color in the community, but also um, somebody who I... I guess for legal reasons, I can't name who it is exactly, who's very important and very influential in operating that place, has posted very anti-trans rhetoric because she's one of those types of lesbians. So, um, I yeah, I don't pretty much all queer people have to exist in straight spaces because the queer spaces aren't accommodating to them. No, and it's and it's uh, these these spaces are are inclusive within reason for them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how i've always viewed it like oh yeah we're inclusive up to a point no it doesn't Mm -hmm. that's not how that's not how being inclusive works it's inclusive with the like hope of assimilation yes so it's really it's like we're the kind of gay where it's like the streets aren't bothered by the kind of gay we are but as soon as we go a little too far outside that thing it's like oh no now no one will take us seriously yeah yeah and it's Go ahead, BJ, go. I was say, like, a, a thing that we've been talking about a lot is, you know, since people have been in quarantine, there has been, like, kind of a surge of people coming to terms with their gender identity mm-hmm. because they've got nothing else to do but sit yep. and really analyze and think about things. So, I mean, I came to terms with mine when I was living out of my car and was left alone with my thoughts all every hour of every day. Right. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so it, like, it makes complete sense. And I'm like, super excited that people are like, Hey, guess what? I'm trans. I'm like, Hey, that's great. Congrats. And for our friends who were already living out here, who came yeah. to those conclusions, mm-hmm. 
you know, we're watching, we're watching them sort of have this transition. It's in the public eye. And they're like, I'm wearing this new outfit. This is my first time, you know, wearing, you know, women's running clothes. And it's like, like a, a sports bra like a sports and like some leggings or something. And leggings. And I'm like, that's really cute. Literally could not wear that in Ohio. Somebody would hate crime you. Yeah. Like it, like it's not even a question. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really hard to kind of, that's, that's going to be my biggest adjustment because growing up in Chicago, like the Chicagoland area, it was obviously a lot more progressive yeah. moving. I didn't believe you until we visited. Yeah. She like, she did not. Believe I was like, me. wow, I'm kind of ignored in the city. It's weird. Well, <laughs> I mean, cause I proposed to her in Chicago and people asked me, they're like, well, why did you go all the way to Chicago? And I was like, because the- because NXT was there. Well- I wanted to watch more games. <laughs> I mean, that was the guys to get her there. But I wanted to see that Kevin Owens pop. <laughs> but the reality was the likelihood is too high in Cleveland to have proposed to her in public. Right. And somebody not say something to us. And I was like, I, I want to take away the, the opportunity for me to propose to her in Cleveland and then somebody yell faggot or ew or whatever at us mm-hmm. and, and sour that moment. So I was like, no, I'm going to do it in Chicago where I know that it's safe to do so. Yeah. At the bar I used to work at uh, the side quest, we had a lot of proposals there a because side quest, despite not being a gay bar, it was just gay friendly was voted the second best gay bar in Cleveland in the same poll that I won best bartender. That should tell you. <laughs> Yeah, all you need to know about how it, how inclusive or lack thereof these these gay bars. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, which that's that's been a problem in the Cleveland queer scene. That I think that just might be a Cleveland problem in general because there was like click, yeah. there was clicky elitism in every gay bar I ever went to before this. It wasn't exclusive to these ones. It's the same problem that kind of runs across all of them, just yeah. their own unique flavors of it. I ta- I talked to Norman Brandon a while back from texas is the reason and he talked about you know growing up a young a young gay man and being of color in the punk and hardcore scene Mm -hmm. talked about like you know when he did finally come you know come to terms with the you know being comfortable with his sexuality being out in that community um talked about seeing like how all of these all scenes are the same Mm -hmm. all scenes are the same they all create elitism within themselves that starts to cannibalize themselves, mm-hmm. cannibalize itself, whether it was, whether it was what he was seeing in punk rock and hardcore or when he got into elect, uh, electronic music and started going to these clubs and realizing, like, Hey, there's, this is something really punk rock about this. Eventually it all eats itself because mm-hmm. it, it, like each of these seeds get in their own way. And what makes it even harder is, Choosing to like a music scene and it becoming elite and cannibalizing itself is one thing. You are who you are. Mm-hmm. And you want to be somewhere that with people that are like you, that where you feel like, oh, okay, I don't have to look over my shoulder here and can't even find that. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, like I'm not saying that they, they aren't, sim- I can't, I don't want to say they're, they're not similar, but like, I think it's much harder to know that like, here I am a gay person. And here I am at a gay bar, and yet I don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like- it's so, so we had, you know, before we moved, Harmony had posted something about um, being 
unsure if she knows how to exist in queer spaces because just we don't have them yeah and about how what so many people in like really big cities don't understand is like how intense like that bigotry is Mm -hmm. and people were replying and they're like well if you say that then you're discounting racism and anti-semitism and the other things that people experience in big cities because they do have these larger populations of people of color of not either or Jewish community but like that's the thing is we're like that one it's not either or and two, we like when we went grocery shopping the first time when we moved here, there was, uh, you know, I don't want to assume gender identity, but like mask presenting person wearing like a Britney Spears crop top in public. And like short shorts, just like. And no one gave a fuck. Like no one even like, yep. paid attention. And it's like moments like that, that I wish I could just like capture in a bottle and present to these people. And I'm like, so this thing that you're seeing this thing that you're seeing, or when you post these pictures at pride where you're in, you know, full leather and like fucking in the streets. I was like, this does not exist. Like does not exist. Like when people were saying, Oh, like my biggest complaint in the pandemic is I can't have like orgies with my friends or like, I can't do these things. I'm like, do you understand that for the rest of us, it's, I don't have access to health care. Right, <laughs> like, right. I can't go down the street. Like, we can't play Pokemon Go without a cop being like, you pay for that? And I'm like, Ugh. Oh, yeah. There was, um, before I moved there, and probably still after now I don't live there, after about a decade, uh, there were trans sex workers in my neighborhood which meant that if I left my house at any point of the day, even 11 a.m. on like a Sunday, people would slow roll me. They would stop and ask if I like to party. The cops would ask what I'm doing when I have groceries in my hands. Um, Yeah, there's just a lot of understanding that it's like, oh, if you're trans and you're in this neighborhood, you you must be a prostitute. Like, I'm going to just make sure you're not, you know, doing that. Or, or I'm going to definitely make sure you're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's Ashley has something similar where if she walks into like a target, people are like, she must've just come from brunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look at you, Wes, when you go to pride and how many people are like, Hey daddy, I have the bell of the goddamn ball. <laughs> I love it. it is my favorite thing to play. It's my favorite place. I get uh, all the positive reinforcement I could need for an entire year. <laughs> Wasn't this like when your dad got to spend Thanksgiving or whatever at a gay bar? And your dad was like, oh, I love this. Oh, yeah. I I tricked my dad into going to a gay bar on Christmas in Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, my God. (laughs) So it was was also like a Latinx Cuban gay bar. But he, he wanted to go to a bar on Christmas and everything was closed. Except the gay bar, because so many people just don't go home for Christmas because either they can't or they won't or whatever. So I saw that the bar was was open and like he had known it as like, oh, this that it's like a Latin joint. okay. but on the weekends, it turns into a gay bar. And I knew that, but he didn't know that. Uh So one of his like buddies who lives down there, like like my dad, it's like fucking king of the hill. Like they they have a place (laughs) that they call alley cats because this guy's like storage garage is right off the alley. So they turned it into like a man cave and they all just hang out and drink. So one of his alley cats went with him and 
I'm just losing my mind. And we go in there and we're getting drinks and, you know, we're sitting there and we're drinking, driving to the music. And I watch my dad like scan the room and realize what's happening and go, did you take me to a gay bar? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it's the only one that was open. And he's like, all right. And he just like puts his arm around his buddy. And he's like, you're with me tonight, dude. And just dudes all night are like, hey, and like hitting on him. Cause my dad, he looks like Joe Pesci. He looks like a, he's a handsome Italian man. And all these, all these like young Twinkie Cuban boys are just like, mm, hello, like to my dad. And he's like, this is great. He's <laughs> like, I'm the most popular guy here. Yeah, and if you know your dad, like, if, if people spent 10 minutes with your dad, they would, it would make that story that much better. Oh my God. <laughs> because he's, very, he's such a dad that like, who, who is just willing to play ball. The fact that uh-huh. he's in the room and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just, he's, he's like, my dad is Mr. Yes and without ever taking like improv, but he's like, I guess this is what we're doing. All right. Yeah, like, he's yeah. not gonna, he's not gonna be like, stop. No, we're not doing it. He's just like, it's like let's rock and roll rock as and he roll. twirls his keys on his middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I told like, there's something that happens in your dad brain and it's, it's, and it's something I experience on a regular basis where like one of the kids will just start doing something that is, is like, for lack of a better term, it's completely insane. Like it's, it's insane behavior. Mm-hmm. I just, I see it and I'm like, I got two potential reactions here. I can go, what are you doing? Or I can like see where, ride with it a little bit, get in the pocket with them, see where it's going. And that's usually where I end up. I usually like Roxy will have some insane outfit on and makeup all over her face and she'll just start dancing. And I could be like, go take that off or go, okay okay all right and watch the dance play out because usually it's super like it's super expressive and impressive and and i'm high a lot that might have (laughs) did you tell them about mc hammer oh about the kids so the teens were here hanging out and roxy turns on can't touch this by mc hammer sure the middle of them and just starts dancing for nobody didn't care who was watching, didn't care if she got a reaction. She was there to dance to MC Hammer. <laughs> so we were like, okay, we just stood in let's the door just watch this go. So we're watching, and she's just going, eyes closed, dancing. And pretty soon they all start going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when was this? This was last, last weekend. weekend when you were. You don't even remember. It's you're in a meditative oh, state. Yeah. <laughs> and like one by one, she won them over. Where they were all just like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." All right. She's feel- she didn't need the audience. She didn't need. <laughs> she didn't need people to see it. She in that moment decided MC Hammer, you can't touch this. Had touched her soul in some way, and she needed <laughs> to express that love through the art of dance. <laughs> And that is something that dad brain has to learn to wrap its head around. And for your dad, like, yeah, like when you told your, when you came out to your parents, that re- like their response to it is the exact, exact response no. every parent should have. No. Mm-hmm. Cool. You're living as you now. Come on, let's do this. And hey, dad, also- surprise, I took, I took you to a gay bar. All right, let's do cool. this. That's- <laughs> and what's, what's great is I get that like, 
you know, that, that cool dad vibe of just like, all right, we're rolling with it. Yeah. But then I also get like that scary Italian side to him <laughs> because like, like I have a great uncle in Connecticut that I've only met once. I've only met him one time, but I distinctly remember. So it was him and then my aunt Teresa <laughs> and they were talking to me and I'm like seven, eight, like I'm a child. And he just puts his arm around me. He's like, I hope you know. You ever have any problems? You give me a call. We'll make them problems go away for you. And it's just like, I'm a child. You're giving this <laughs> advice to a child. Except and I just don't stop offering to whack people for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, okay. Because okay. This, the same thing happened, you know, because I, to t- like telling my parents about harmony, I knew like my parents didn't give a shit that I was gay. I was like, that's fine because I was a a gay child for the most part like it was it was kind of sus for them when I was like oh I'm dating men they were like "Mm, okay and they just kind of like went with it but (laughs) sure you are (laughs) yeah they're like whatever you're doing like they just they were just like my parents are perpetually as long as you have good grades I really don't give a shit like go through a thing where she likes guys we're just gonna gonna ride this one out yeah they really didn't care they're like we'll see we'll see where this lands basically Um, so when I came out, they knew, but I, I had been tiptoeing around with Harmony. So, you know, she and I were seeing each other and it was when my parents were moving, uh, they were retiring and they were moving to Florida. So my mom was like, Hey, I have collected and saved every document you've ever had as a child through your life. Come go through this shit straight up. Like there were like giant totes and it's like, Oh, this is when you got the drama award in kindergarten. I'm like, why did you keep all of this? Or like (laughs) every score sheet from my entire professional baton twirling career, every single one of them. I was like, why, why did I need this? Oh, you might, in case you needed notes. I'm like, from when I'm seven, like, I don't need this shit. (laughs) So just absolute chaos. But that entire weekend I was there, I talked about harmony a lot, a lot, a lot. And it was in like a lot of different, different ways because I, you know, I was already tiptoeing out with them. And I was like, yeah, you know, me and this partner, like, it's not going to be a thing anymore. Like, just, you know, so I'm seeing this girl and, or like, you know, I've met this girl and, you know, she's really cool. And I would like bring up things like, yeah, her dad doesn't talk to her anymore because her parents like and her 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 parents are really shitty about her being trans. And my mom was like personally offended. She's like, how could people do that to their children? Like she just gets so defensive. And I was like, all right, cool. The trans thing is doesn't bother her. Okay, cool. Yep. So all that goes on. When it finally came to a head with, you know, my my former partner, when it was like, yeah, we can't even do this like open thing. It's like, no, this is done. Yeah. I had to call my parents and I was, I had just been getting screamed at for a couple hours by former partner. So I was not in a great place. And I call my, I call my parents. My parents are lit as fuck. Because they always are. They always are. They're, they're retired now and they're in Florida and they're partying all the time. Yeah. Sometimes your dad gets drunk and just sends me Godfather quotes and Google links to Al Pacino images. Yeah. Because he doesn't know how to save an image to send it. It's it's fine. So I I call them. They're so (laughs) ridiculous. So I call them and my mom was like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh no. Like, because my mom has like this. (laughs) She has definite like drunk lady voice, but she can hear that I'm crying. Like that I'm crying. I'm like, hey, hey. And she's like immediately sobers up. What's going on? What's wrong? Yeah. I just, I just need you to know that. Um so things with you know, they're, they're with, done re- with redacted with redacted. They're, they're done. 
And she goes, okay. It's like, I also just, I need you to know, like, it's, it's cause I'm gay. And she's like, all right. And, and she's just, she's just like being really chill about it. And I was like, and you remember that, you remember that girl was telling you about when, when I was, when you were moving, it's cause she, she's my girlfriend and we're going to be together. And I just need you to be okay with that. And she's like, honey, I don't, I don't care. Like, <laughs> because she's been drinking. So like the empathetic, like, oh no, I love you. It's fine. Like, it's just not there. It's no. like, it's basically like the fuck are you t- i don't fucking care like it's that <laughs> moan but like she can tell that i'm so upset and emotional so <laughs> telling her she's like it's it's fine i don't care so obviously like because it's them and they're like we'll see where this lands yeah. there's like okay it's fine it's whatever then when it becomes more apparent to them that like no this is this is serious like I'm going to be with her forever. And I, you know, told him I was going to propose. I had a conversation with my dad because I knew Harmony was eventually going to want to take our last name. And I was like, do you, does this bother you? And he's like, an Italian problem. I was like, is this going to be an Italian problem that like my giant wife is going to take this last name? And he's like, no, she's family. I don't care. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's good. Wanted to get that out of the way. But what's, was that also the same conversation where your dad had to be like, so would you two be wives? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So this is actually a great question. <laughs> question. Great, great story. So my dad is talking to me, you know, about this name thing. And he's like, so when you two get married, would you, would you both be wives? And like, I got really offended and I was like, yeah, dad, she's a woman. Of course she'd be my wife. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't mean like she'd be your husband or anything. I just didn't know if there was some other term that you all came up with that I know about. <laughs> I was like, oh. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> and, and to that point, that's one thing that you guys and BJ, you're a big believer in, in restorative justice. This is not restorative justice, but you got to give people some rope to learn things. Yes, yeah. exactly. People, like, <laughs> by and large, I don't think people want to offend. No, no. It, I, I think people like they want to know, they want to learn because they don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Exactly. And that's, and that's what he was asking. He just didn't have like the correct language around it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he also like, he'll refer to like the gay community a lot, which I, immediately my brain is like the gay community, like every time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that he was, you know, asking if we'd be wives, but my, my parents have also gotten just very, very Italian about it because I've asked them, I'm like, like, I'm not stupid. I know people talk. Like, yeah. what do yeah, you yeah, do? Yeah. Of course. Like, what, like, how did you react when people found out about this back home? Cause you know, my parents are also very, very social people. They have a lot of friends. My it's everywhere. My parents go is cheers everywhere. Yeah. They they're regulars everywhere. So I asked like, well, what do people do when you tell them like, yeah, my daughter is, is married to a woman and you know, she's trans and they're very stern about it. And they're like, if they have a problem with it, they are not in our lives anymore and they are not our friends. And I'm yep. like, all right, cool. Yep. And I love that because so many other people, it's kind of just like, yeah, I know that's my child and they're doing things. And my parents are like, that's my mom. Yeah. That's your mom. <laughs> Whereas like my parents are like, yeah, you got a problem with it. You got a problem with my kid and my yeah. kid's wife, but you got a problem with me. <laughs> that's my folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's, to that point oh, too, God, like, yeah, that is, that's your, it is my folks, right? My mo- because, oh, my and that's the dichotomy <laughs> the four of us have 
is BJ and I have been public figures for a long time, have worked on several projects together. BJ, you've put me in, in almost everything you've ever, every, every movie you've ever written mm -hmm. on or directed, I've been in or helped produce. Like mm -hmm. you and I have always been public and we are, we have partners who were like, don't want your spotlight. Uh, <laughs> don't want all those friends either. So like, and, but, and I wonder if that's part of it, I think is the parent thing where we had supportive parents mm -hmm. who were like, yeah, fucking go do that. And I've got your back. Yes. I will support you. Whereas you two are both from situations where you're, you're more like, the last time I tried to present who I really am, I, I had to go through a whole fucking thing because my parents are whack jobs. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it is for you, Ashley, but I always say that like my mother and my family are like my number one inspiration, and that's not a compliment. Exactly. I everything I do is uh, ostensibly out of spite. It's, everything I do is the complete opposite of what my parents did. Uh -huh. <laughs> like I just, I can't even, like, I, I wanted to physically harm my mother this past weekend because of a conversation we had. And I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm taking dad's spot. <laughs> oh, you're going to take dad's spot? Okay. Uh, see, I wish my mom was just a little bit worse. She's just good enough to get a passing grade. She's got like a solid D minus. She's like a turtle. Just <laughs> enough to not get like killed in the wild, but like just barely scooting by. And she was just a little bit worse, but mostly she's just tedious. I'd be like, hey, well, I'm going to call you and keep you on the phone for 25 minutes to talk about the weather and people you've never met. Hope that's okay. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is my, yeah, that is my, my relationship with my mother as well, where I'm just like, do I really have to do this right now? Yeah. Like, I just don't want to. I'll, I'll get it and I'll look at the caller ID when the call comes in and BJ just goes, answer it because you know you're not going to call her back if you don't. <laughs> I'm like, Anna. And then it's like, I turned into a little bit into Cameron where I'm just like, and then she's going to just keep calling and keep calling and keep calling. Like, you've got to just deal with it now. Right. And it is always that situation. And the really what it comes down to is in a 25-minute conversation between her and her mom, It'll be about like, I'm walking the dog and it's nice out. And she'll be like, oh, don't, the, the dog always wants to eat things. I'm like, yeah, they're dogs. Yeah, it just, yeah. and it's, it's all this like forced small talk of like, I'm having a conversation with you because I'm supposed to, because you're my kid. Holy Vers shit. You guys have the exact same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Versus like my parents will ask, about us and what's going on in our lives or they'll tell me something that is you know applicable to our lives like yesterday and my mom and I had like a five minute conversation because my little cousin's dad is my dad's brother but he's yeah. a piece of shit and we don't talk to him and she went into a bar and saw her dad there and he didn't recognize her like didn't know that it was his kid because he's just never around and uh you know she sent me this picture and it's him and like side profile. And he looks just like my dad now. Like it's scary. Mm -hmm. So I call my mom and I was like, Hey, guess what? I got to tell you some shit. And she's like, what? And I was like, you know, you know, my cousin texted me and she's like, Hey, I'm at this bar right now. And it looks just like your dad. And I got to send you this picture. And she sends him this picture. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That guy looks like my dad. 
And she was like, well, who was it? And I went, her dad. And my mom's like, oh God, he's such a piece of shit. And like she just <laughs> starts going off about it. So then of course she's like, hey, send me that picture. I want to show your dad so we can talk shit. Uh, like, so my parents are specifically like, send me this picture of your uncle, his brother, <laughs> specifically so we can acknowledge what a garbage human he is. See, I love that. I'm trying to better. We basically are, te- we're just toying with my mom to test her at this point where there was one time where we, I was on the phone with her and I had her muted and we were just talking shit while she was just going on about nothing and you were like you should tell her what's going on in my life and just see what she does so I like unmute her and she's just like so what's going on with you and I'm like oh BJ's grandma's not doing very well like I think she'd just fallen or something at the time and I think you were sick like you were like really like screwed up at the time like right after we moved here you got real sick for a few days and hospital's bad yeah so I was like, Hey, all this stuff's going on. And like, that's kind of what's where I'm at. And I'm holding on to the fort and stuff. And she goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting less hours at work. And then just totally veered the conversation <laughs> off by barely acknowledging it. This is verbatim. She, yeah. She tries to ask like how things are and what's going on, but then immediately switches gears and like talks about herself because yeah. parents are the most selfish fucking people on the planet. Yeah. Like, only think about themselves (laughs) i wish that the world could see like wes's delightful child on christmas morning like this is my favorite thing basically just wringing his hands like ah (laughs) it doesn't take much it's it's just a curtain it's all takes and then the the ball rolls down the hill (laughs) when yeah when we're off mic i'll tell you about the conversation we had because it's going to piss you guys off so fucking bad it's a doozy I was <laughs> strapping in. Home. She walked in the house and she had this like look on her face. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Just like the flames on the side of your face. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, I can't fucking do this. Like, I need her to leave. But I, I want to punch her. I was also like, kind of like delighted with the chaos of it. So, like, I was torn. Oh. <laughs> so, I'll tell you later. Uh. <laughs> it's not not good for a show. Uh, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> so let's talk about how this ends at prom comes to life. Your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's a funny backstory to how this thing. <laughs> um, so we <sighs> obviously quarantine started and we had a lot of time and I love movies. And we had this realization that like Harmony and I have a lot of, we have a lot of we don't have the exact same taste, if that makes sense. Like, you and I have different specialties of like, we love cult cinema, but you and I go into different yes. fields of cult we cinema. Are, it's this, it's BJ and I are usually in one lane. Uh, yes. That all checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I, I started talking about the movies that I like that either people don't talk about or most people don't view as like worthy. Yeah. You like, like, oh, let's talk about She's Too Young or Wish Upon a Star. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are these movies? Yeah, it's like crazy <laughs> std lifetime movie or a body swap movie that played on the disney channel like movies that people have just been lost to time um that only the people who are super hardcore about them even talk about but more importantly that they're geared towards women and those are the ones that no one ever talks about Mm -hmm. like i know plenty of people that are like oh yeah i love the wizard 
And it's like, okay, yeah, that's great. But like, did you feel it's a Nintendo movie? (laughs) Right. Yeah. But it's like, but did you watch like X, Y, and Z, you know, that are about girls? I'm like, I don't even heard of that. And I'm like, well, yeah. That's that's the thing we have like with nostalgia in general, where it's just like on principle, people will be like, oh, the He-Man and Transformers, they're so cool. I'm like, actually, they're really bad, but you remember them as cool. But like, oh, fuck Gem, apparently. Yeah. They're dreadfully boring, but it was nostalgic because you're wistful because it's part of your childhood. Yes. Right. It's like, kind of like when you're playing with like action figures where like you're imagining this ugh. giant epic fantasy thing, but it's like, oh yeah, they're barely moving because they made this right. for like $12. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 And like, that's one of my, one of my only beefs that I have with things like Stranger Things or this big like wave of nostalgia, like revisiting that we've been doing is that it's so boy centered. Mm-hmm. Like none of it is about the stuff that was cool for, for women that, and, and that's been culturally determined like when we're talking about 80s nostalgia we're talking about 90s nostalgia it's this very specific window and mm-hmm. women are always left out right so i was talking about like some teen movies and i had mentioned 10 things i hate about you which harmony had also been told by pretty much every person i've ever met that they love that like movie. love that movie one yeah. of my favorite films ever made <laughs> so i was like you know what? let's watch this together i'm curious to see how you feel about it and as we were watching it, I'm just watching her face and I'm realizing she is not enjoying this. And I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Is there something here that I'm just not noticing? And it was- Yeah, we've definitely had moments before where you'll show me a movie you love and then you go, oh yeah, uh, like you should be frightening for the first time. And you're like, okay, we might not be able to be a couple if you don't love this movie. Yes. There's been a few times like that. Yeah. And I always like it. And this is the first time where you're like, okay, cool. But why don't you like this? What's happening now? Yeah. So we had this long conversation where she's bringing up all these points of why she doesn't like the movie. And I love being married to her because she can actually articulate those thoughts. It's not just a matter of like, I just didn't like it. Like, so good. Yeah. She can actually explain, well, I think that this character's motivation is rooted in some like really shitty stuff or I don't like the fact that Kat is coded as a lesbian and that's supposed to make her, you know, undesirable. And I'm listening to her talk and I'm having this like moment where I'm recognizing you're not wrong. Everything that you're saying (laughs) is correct. And oh my God, I have loved this movie for my whole life. That is actively going against a lot of things that I hold true for myself as a person. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah there, like, there was a couple of days you were having like an existential crisis. Yeah, it was pretty film. intense because it made me then rethink like everything that I love because a lot yeah, of these movies of from this genre, like they kind of, it's a lot of repeated things. That's why there's so many body swap movies. That's why there's so many yeah. like yeah. bets about girl movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh fuck, is this whole genre just destroyed? And I had pitched it to a couple places as a as a reoccurring column since yeah. we're both writers yeah. where we would watch a movie and then we would have a com- and it, we would just transcribe the conversation that we had afterwards. Yes. And there was a, a magazine that bought it. And then like a month after that had happened, they were like, actually this pandemic is longer than the, the, the month that we thought it was going to be. Right. We don't have this budget anymore, but you know, it's your idea. It's do what you want with it. So I was like, hey, you want you want to do a podcast? Because it's a really good idea and I don't yeah. want it to get wasted. So we essentially go through all of these movies that I love and have strong affinity for and huge nostalgia for. Yeah. And I show them to Harmony, who 
in the overwhelming majority of cases has never seen this movie or heard of it in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watch them and then we talk about, you know, whether or not the movie is still worth a shit and what it's saying about womanhood, what it's saying about culture, because teen movies are also, you know, they're perfect time capsules because they're the only genre of movie that's trying to be hip and cool in that moment. So they have to be dated. Like they have to be time stamped of this movie is 1999 because if it's anything other than that, then that teen audience of 1999 is going to reject it. Yeah. 1997 but, to 1999 to 2001, like a two year difference is a big change. A huge in trends. change. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's an, there's an uh, intrinsic meanness to the early two thousands. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the arts, comedy, mm-hmm. uh, dramas, like there's a, a really mean uh, sense of humor to it that Jesus Christ is fucking. It's like it's like the birth of edge lord humor comes from there. It is, yeah, it is. Yes, and it's like I, I I've always attributed it. I've always attributed that to uh, message boards. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure with with the growth of the message board that seeped into art and culture in a way that was like it's just fucking vicious. Mm-hmm. spirited and we look at it now you know in 2021 and go oh that was <laughs> not a good look guys but yeah you guys have covered movies like over a huge uh, you know a wide range of years and it's interesting to see which ones are like this one is not that terrible and then which ones are closer <laughs> to right now that you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I think our range right now is... is uh, the oldest one we have right now is Rock, Rock and Roll, Roll High, High School, School in 79. Yeah. That's our oldest. And then the newest is Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Yeah. So which was basically 40 episode. years. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned something too in this, BJ. You'd said that uh, you mentioned the thing about how so much of this content is geared towards boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we talked to Andre Gower from Monster Squad, he mentioned something that I didn't think about. The fact that like they put Phoebe in the Monster Squad in such a prominent role, mm-hmm. like where she's like the heroine of the whole thing. And they were, they did that that long ago. And he's like, if you think about it, it's fairly progressive at mm-hmm. the time to, to make like this little like seven-year-old girl is is going to save the world sort of thing. Uh-huh. Uh but he uh, he also because you mentioned Stranger Things is what we think made me think about it. Also said like when they contacted those guys, they said that the those two brothers I can't think of their name had never seen the Monster Squad. <laughs> oh, um, here. Yeah, like that's bullshit. I don't believe that for a second. Fuck <laughs> no, that's <laughs> such a lie. <laughs> uh, you know, it was their age. It was like they've never seen it. Like really? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, somebody that right. <laughs> Um, so with the mention of your podcast, you also mentioned the 10 things I hate about you thing, because it is a a very specific episode that like, I feel like that if you're going to show somebody an episode of your show, that's the one to show them. (laughs) Okay. See, I've, I'm always curious what people, uh, we've never really asked anybody that, but I'm just like, what would be like the best intro episode? And it's, I mean, that's, that to me shows BJ's presenting like, and here it is. And you're like, it's crap. <laughs> like, it, it's, I spent six months on this project. I'm going to turn it over to my boss. And he kicks the papers out of me. <laughs> but, but in a more like constructive way, 
where you have to step back because it made me because we like that movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, but you know, I, like I'm a fucking dumpy, you know, dad in his forties. Like <laughs> my viewpoint, no one needs it. Nobody I can <laughs> cast every single flaw and just focus in on Heath Ledger, and that's good enough for well, me. Being horny for <laughs> Heath Ledger. Yeah, but this movie's, this the podcast isn't about being horny. <laughs> well, we we got Casper. a. I mean, we, I, Casper was the one that is like a a good. Here, listen to this one. Mm-hmm. Horny for death and south. <laughs> oh, back here. That was the one that, like, we finished recording that episode and we're like, how did we get such deep material out of Casper the Friendly <laughs> fucking Ghost? Like, we thought we were just going to be like, this movie's fun and I love Kathy Moriarty and Death and Sal is cute. And then it turned into like, let's talk about death and yeah. how we're bad at mourning yeah. and how humans don't when, know how to grieve. When we lined up our October schedule, uh, I threw Casper in there because I was like, okay, well, it has a teen girl. I know it stars a boy, but like, this is definitely like a teen girl movie because of the lust and because Christina Ricci's here. And we got to the end of The Craft, which like, you know, was our big, like, we're going home on the October yeah, yeah. season. And the first thing we said when we were done recording was like fuck yeah why did we like casper so much more than the craft what the fuck happened so i came (laughs) i came home that day from work and i go did you listen to this ends at prom she goes no i saw it was the craft i was like i don't think we like the craft Because I was always like, yeah, that's a cool, like, that that movie, to me, was like a good modern, somewhat modern representation of, like, there's some female empowerment there. No, it's not at all. It was crap the whole time. <laughs> I think, so, because you and I talked about this a little bit via text, but the craft yeah. does this thing that I think Revenge of the Nerds also does, yes. where you think you know what this movie is about, and you yeah. think you nope. remember it, and yeah. then you actually like take away all of like this the baggage you're bringing to it all of that love and memory and you really look at it objectively and you're like that's not the movie i thought it was at all nope nope Nope. not even close and saying that knowing like when we watched the craft legacy like all four of us loved it like Uh you got fucking emotional Uh like yeah like and it was like a big like was it that Timmy monologue? Because I got a little in my yeah. face too. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. got all of us because, yeah. because you know, because of cash. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for us, it was like, oh God. But like the whole, the way the whole thing ended, yeah. you know, like it was a very emotional thing. And then you think about the original and how like it, it is not, and you'd mentioned Revenge of the Nerds. We remember things as like, hey, this is the little guy punching up. And it's really no. not. It's not. No. What it is. Revenge of the Nerds is the worst film I think I've ever seen for doing what it's trying to do because it's so unfunny and so mean-spirited and so poorly aged. I've never seen a film completely be, be more blissfully ignorant of everything it's everything. doing wrong no. and everything it's failing to do in like yeah. the long term it's so well, upsetting it's because we we mentioned this when we told people we were doing it for like a for our patreon episodes we watched teen boy movies and i have a bad time yeah and we <laughs> we had a good time recently we did have a good time recently yeah we watched two new ones and we were both very surprised by one of them yeah well, that's yeah good. That's we good. had a great time but we mentioned we were doing revenge of the nerds 
and people were trying to be smart asses with us and they're like uh yeah what about animal house and it's like animal house is not trying to present any of these characters as no. like you should be rooting for them they're not like, lovable losers or sympathetic yeah, they're all not the kinda... bad news bears of college kids yeah like, <laughs> whereas revenge of the nerds is like no we need to root for them and i'm like i don't <laughs> they're all everyone in that movie's bad yep and, and to that point, BJ, when BJ texted me, told me you guys were doing that, my instant reaction was, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> because Revenge of the Nerds can only go one way. Like, yes. you got you to gotta shake your wistfulness. And uh, she and I had had a conversation about the fact that, like, that was a major marketed movie. It's considered this, like, it's one of those 80s classics. That's an out-and-out exploitation movie. And I'm not uh-huh. saying that in a loving way, like I would normally talk about exploitation movies. It's very exploitative in a lot of really bad and mean-spirited ways. Not the, mm-hmm. isn't this funny? No, this is, there's horrible, horrible shit in that movie that we forget is there. Yeah, yeah especially if you watched it, uh, every time you've ever seen it, like me, it was on TV because a lot of the really yes. bad shit is cut out. Yep. So then you don't realize quite the extent of how bad it is. I remember a few years ago when people started to go, "Uh uh-oh, I don't think we remember Revenge of the Nerds the right way. And it was because (laughs) of the the bounce room or wherever, that that Mm -hmm. scene where he's got the mask on, where Mm -hmm. everybody went, oh, well, that that wasn't consensual. That's that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Well, a lot of this, surprisingly, <laughs> a lot of these conversations really started coming out when the Kavanaugh hearing happened yes. because it became less of a question about like this, like, why is it that he does not understand what he did is wrong? Yep. Yep. And that's when you started getting these revisits on films like 16 Candles and yep. Revenge of the Nerds, where we think we know what these movies are about and you remember the big things like you remember the big musical number at revenge of the nerds and you love that you remember the burping contest you don't remember that they do the panty raid especially so that they can put hidden cameras in the sorority house so that they can watch them and then steal pictures and then sell them to all of their classmates like sell nude photos that they've gotten from peep shots like you don't remember those things and then with 16 candles like you remember you know, oh, the mild racism of you remember, uh, you, don't you know, remember how the, bad it the is. final shot where they're sitting on the table <laughs> with, with the, the cake, with the cake. And you yeah. remember, like, oh, they forgot my birthday, or they remember you have to cut her hair out of the door because they don't open the door. Yeah, or whatever. you don't like, remember that they straight up were like, I could go destroy that girl if I felt like it, but I'm right. not. And you're like, what? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, that's, uh, I don't like John Hughes is he's an asshole. Like he was like, I don't, I, I, I don't have any nice things to say about him. Like, and I'm not a huge fan of his movies. Some of them I, I, I do enjoy. Like, I really like, she's having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, as far as I remember, I like it. I, I might revisit it and be like, this is fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> I wonder. But there, there are so many, there's so many misfires in his storytelling because it's all he did do a yes yeah and now and that i love i love john candy in that i I love macaulay culkin in that like uh he said when he says waiting for your sex i have used that line my entire life because (laughs) throw away macaulay culkin line waiting for your sex um but i i look at john hughes movies and see like snide elite 
uh, wealthy white people who look down on anyone that isn't them. That mm -hmm. is the trajectory of, of John Hughes movies. But everyone's like, oh, but 16 Candles. Like, yeah, well. It's, yeah. it's a mixed bag. Both can yeah. be true at the same time. That's something yeah. we have to talk about the few times we've covered John Hughes already. Because we're going to have to do like all of them at some point. Yeah, we will. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's a mixed bag, but you know what you're getting with. He's, he's an auteur of yes. uppity white people. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I, I think The Breakfast Club is incredible. I think those performances are really good. I, I, I genuinely like that movie. You're, you have to know that if you're looking at how he tells a story, it's through those smug eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a conservative. Like people always Absolutely. forget that about him. Yes. Like, he, yeah, if he were still alive, probably would have supported Trump. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> these are things people don't want to address with their heroes. Right, right. Yeah. Look, look, J I, Videodrome, fucking awesome movie. Fuck James Woods. <laughs> we we watched it a while back, at, we, and uh, it's been a long time. And we were both like, "Man, this movie still fucking rips." And she's like, "It's it's a shame. He's such a piece of shit." I'm like, "It is because this movie's really good." He's we've had to do that a few times. Like uh, Buffy, we did that. Yeah, we did oh. a poll on our Twitter the other day of which one hurt you more, Christy or Kirsty, between Christy Swanson and Kirsty Alley, because they're both such staples in a lot of these movies that we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the winner was Kirstie Alley. So of course I used, yeah. I used a gif of Gladys Lehman from Drop Dead Gorgeous to yep. be like, uh. She, well, there's a period of her career where she's kind of like, we were all rooting for her because it's like, uh, she's kind of everyone's mom. You know, she's, mm -hmm. she's the, the mom doing her best in these movies and yeah. we were all rooting for Kirstie Alley and she fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's the same. What's the girl from uh, from Clueless? Stacy Dash. Oh. Stacy Dash. Oh, why do you want to be Candace Owens so bad? <laughs> and now off. she's not. Yeah. She's like, I regret the things I said. You can't get work, bitch. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the problem. Yeah. You can't get work anymore, and you expose yourself as a yeah. fucking scumbag. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. they didn't have no. None of these motherfuckers have any foresight. Like J James Woods. Like, when's the last time he worked? When's the last time you saw him in something? I don't know. Is he still getting consistent work on Family Guy? I can't imagine. I I don't know. I yeah. would think that leash is pretty short with Seth. Pretty. pretty well, they, a lot of them, they just work together now with these, like, weird yes. Christian movies that are directed by, like, Corbin Burnson. <laughs> like, also so weird. God. Like, how is the dentist now, like, one of the leading directors of Christian propaganda movies? I, no, we've, uh, we've talked about that a lot recently, about how basically you just need somebody who's on, like, a small enough scale to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm an alt-right Nazi or whatever. And then all of the people who are like that are like, that's our dude. And then they just flock and support that person in droves. Right. It, there's uh, the guy that made uh, Drag Across the Concrete. And uh, what's the other one with Vince Vaughn, the cell block? Oh, Brawl and Cell Block 99 or whatever. I'm not dumb. I know what he is. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't. He keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> yes. He shuts the fuck up. Yeah. Wear a Make America Great Again hat and he doesn't fight with people on Twitter because mm -hmm. he won't keep doing his job. So he shuts his fucking mouth and he gets movies made. Yeah. Instead of being James Woods, who can't stop running his piss flaps, and now he's now he's playing in pseudo Christian movies directed by fucking Roger Dorn from Major League. <laughs> <laughs> he should have seen it coming. Look at Dorn. 
<laughs> the rich elite asshole who's past his prime. Is is there anyone who's the bigger pinnacle of not shutting the fuck up and being like a weird person who still wants to have a job like Kevin Spacey and oh. all of his House of Cards promo videos that he keeps cutting in his like God, kitchen? Oh my God. <laughs> so weird. I want him cut together in one like make it into one movie like like David Lynch did with Twin Peaks the missing pieces where they put all those deleted <laughs> it just I just want it to be a, like a series of monologues just like it's a one man show of just him going on a wild winding rant we just watch Kevin Spacey lose his mind over a series of videos in his <laughs> oh god what if he deteriorates i'll watch that just yes. watch him slowly get worse as it goes on <laughs> oh nothing i want more nothing i want more <laughs> i unfortunately got kevin spacey confused last week with uh <laughs> With who? Uh, uh, James Spader. James Spader. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching, Cash and I have been watching all the Marvel movies. Uh-huh. We got to Age of Ultron, which Cash was so excited about getting to because of Vision and mm-hmm. for or, for Paul Bettany. He wants to fuck Vision or Paul Bettany. I can't, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column oh, yeah, B. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so excited. And I was like, oh, it's too bad that, uh, that, He's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. James Spader sucks, and Cash was like, "Why?" And I was like, "It's like some like pedophile shit." And Cash is like, he gets out of his phone. He's like, "I think you're thinking of the wrong person." <laughs> <laughs> wrong person. I was like, "Oh shit, no, it's Kevin Spacey." <laughs> so she's telling me this. I go, "No, but James Spader is in some of the horniest movies ever." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. If anyone, if anyone wants to like revisit a wild spot in his past, just watch Crass. Holy Lord! I rewatched it a couple months ago when the Criterion one came out. Woo! That is a dirty fucking movie, man. Holy I love God. whenever that like it'll come up every once in a while. Not the one you're thinking of. This is a different movie. Uh, but like, yeah. yeah, there's two crashes. There's yeah. the one that's bad for Oscar bait, and then there's one that's very horny. Okay. And every once in a while, people will be like, "What's the horniest movie you've ever seen?" And it'll just be like Crash, and all these people are like, "I've never heard of that. Is that the movie with it?" And like, no, 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 different one. No, Di- no. Very different one. No, <laughs> she watched this- Bound for the first time the other day. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. That was really fun. I I was trepidatious when everyone just talks about how horny it is. It's only horny for like the first 30 minutes. Not very long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's just like, oh my God, is it gonna be like this the whole movie? Because I don't I don't know if I'm really gonna sign up for a whole movie of this. In- and then it becomes a it trades out the sexy for violence. And it's like, oh yeah. great. I love this. Yeah. This is marvelous. Yeah. Especially because I don't generally like the Wachowskis. In my in my early horny whacking off constantly teenage years that movie oh i'm sure effect on my masturbatory behavior which one uh bound oh it's oh, also oh. why i still to this day if i see gina gershon i'm like oh uh-oh, we're gonna watch <laughs> we had a fun conversation about that where i realized that you you liked gina more and i like jennifer tilly more yep and it's like okay cool because that's the type that we're we're emulating i i want to be with jennifer tilly i don't want to be jennifer tilly i want to be gina so then we Whereas guys match up very well i want to be jennifer tilly i don't want to have like because for jennifer tilly has always been like my girl as far as like that's who i want to be because when before i became a fat piece of shit like that was like my body type Mm -hmm. so i was was curvy and soft features exactly curvy and soft features i'm like that's my girl and uh (laughs) we're sitting here and i'm like "Ah." gina gershon is like 
that is like illegally hot. Like you are like, that's insulting to look that good. It is. Uh It's so rude. And she's sitting here like, she got that leather jacket. Like that's, that's my look. And then Jennifer Tilly comes in with like the, the beautiful like dress that fits just so. And I was like, yeah, and that's my look. And then we're like, (laughs) <laughs> oh <laughs> makes a lot of sense now yeah. <laughs> see i i think like i don't know what it is about gina gershon i there's something about very distinct physical features mm-hmm. like her lips prime example yeah like that is such a profound thing to me where that i for whatever reason immediately gravitated towards her and mm-hmm. have always like jennifer tilly's gorgeous but mm-hmm. I don't know, like, and over time, Gina Gershon has been in roles where I'm like, she seems like a problem. I feel like I could be into that. <laughs> <laughs> I like this mess. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's always been my type. My type has always been mess. Yeah. And that's why I love you. Oh, I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, we we met under like the worst possible circumstances and started a relationship that literally imploded my life. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I was, and in- I was just on the outlier of that. I was outside the blast radius. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was engaged we were and she engaged. was like out recently out of an engagement Yeah. as we were starting to navigate towards it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, it worked out. Um, so we have to, before, before we close this up, we've got to, we've got to play a game with you guys. Like, Hell yeah. yes. And it's funny that you mentioned, um, can you look for the timestamp on here anywhere? Um, no. Okay, well, we'll have to guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's funny that you'd mentioned 10 things I hate about you because I knew I wanted to play one of our, one of our, uh, our, one of our games. Mm-hmm. It had to be something revolving around teen movies. Mm-hmm. So what better way to determine how you really feel about 10 things I hate about you <laughs> than to run the cast through the gauntlet in a game we like to call We Fucking? Oh, the whole, just just 10 things I hate about you? We're just going to do the whole cast? Yeah. Oh, dear. I'm, I'm about to be real pessimistic, but okay. <laughs> so I know you're coming in already with pessimism on the mind. I'll, I'll be open-minded, but... We, so, we will see. So let's let's lob some softballs first, okay? So we'll we'll start easy, and we'll go with Heath Ledger. Let's go right down the list. Duh. So the the important question is: Are we talking Heath Ledger, the actor, the person, or are we talking Patrick Verona? Because that's two very different things. I think so. Ashley and I go so, back and forth on these. Should it be mm-hmm. the actor? Should it be the performer? So here's what we'll say. It's the performer, but I want you to think of the performer in the context of I watched him play Patrick Verona. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, I can, I can tell you that I am not into Patrick Verona's hair. I, I hate it. It's really bad. It's, it's awful, and I cannot stand it. Keith Ledger is more handsome in other movies. In this role, I am very, it's, it's the first thing I notice. First thing I can see, because I'm tall, I'm going to be looking down at the top of his head. Not a fan. <laughs> Yep. 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 I pass. Uh, <laughs> I mean, mine, mine is a yes. As much as I now like grapple with the fact that I'm like, yeah, you have bad intentions and you're bad at communicating. And there's a lot of things that you should, you should do. I'm not trying to date you though. So no. I would fuck you. <laughs> okay. All right. I know you're, yeah. Duh. I'm not. <laughs> he has performances that I really, really love. 
yeah. in his filmography. Really great ones. Um, like I, I love him, and I, I love him in Brokeback Mountain. I think oh, he's, he's so good. Mm -hmm. He's so good and earnest in that, and like I fucking love him. So, mm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe just a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> um, giving or receiving, or both. I don't know. Just, why not? Wait, you never. Why can't we? Why yeah. can't we both? Yeah, you just jerk off your bro. Yeah, yeah. we'll just yeah. battle box it. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's so hot. <laughs> <Cold>. <laughs> Get a room. Uh, Kyle Cease, otherwise known as Bogey Lowenstein. Oh my God. I love Bogey Lowenstein so much. I also like really I, like Kyle he's so, Cease. He's so funny. Bogey Lowenstein is such a kids in the hall looking character. <sighs> See, the thing is, I, I'm going to say a yes, and here's why. Okay. Because in high school, I was notorious for, and college, I guess, too, yeah. um, because I, I, am, I am a whore. I frequently would have sex with people just to be able to say that I did because I thought it was funny. So to be able to say, like, yeah, I hit bogey low and see, <laughs> hilarious to me. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh. <laughs> In in my circumstance, Bogey's like an uppity, waspy type Republican. Yeah. Bogey is 100% into debaucherous tranny bullshit. Absolutely. Like he, 100%. Like I, I would, I would be his secret fantasy and I can accept that. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I could, I could get him to bottom for me. And I think that that would be fun. Cause I do love destroying men like that. Exactly. So, what I'm looking for. This is exactly yeah. the input I <laughs> Yeah, so I, th I think I would go for Bogey only under the pretense that he doesn't try to pull any like King Dick shit and just like you know submits. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I love it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, what about you, no. Bogey? No, <laughs> <laughs> he is the opposite of Heath Ledger. Yeah, <laughs> he is the Heath Ledger anti drug. Yeah, yeah. he he he's anti boner. Yeah, is what he is. Yeah. Uh, an underrated character in this movie, I do feel, uh, played by David Leisure, Mr. Chapin. Yes. <laughs> I fucking, I love him. Oh, yeah. Because every he plays the same role in everything he's in, but it's because he's really, really good at playing that, like, I'm this guy. I, <laughs> God, I love him. He was on Empty Nest. I don't know what that is. That and is I had to look up which man this was. And F he, he looks... He looks like a football coach or something. <laughs> yeah. The Nest came on after the Golden Girls on NBC. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. that with my grandma. Yeah, no, I don't think I need to fuck this man, though. No, that's no. Or have this man fuck me. Yeah. Nah. He looks a little too much like he would have, like, a ball cap and a whistle and be yelling at me to, like, do burpees, and that's yeah. not my thing. No, I get it. I get it. Are you a no? Um, I think I was a... Uh, no. No? No. BJ? I mean, yeah. 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 He's funny. I think he's funny. I'm a yes with him. I think he's, he makes me laugh. Uh, I, I feel like we're all going to be a yes on this. Ms. Perky, Allison. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, Allison oh, Janney. Yes. Allison I, Janney knows how to party. Allison <laughs> Janney. Yeah. She can fuck me. I, that's fine too. And I would <laughs> give her like full range. Like, you want to write about this in your next weird erotica book? Be yeah. my guest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want Miss Perky to have to try to describe what my boobs look like without a shirt on. Like, that's what I want more than anything. Uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> I love I, that. I she's fuck. God, Elsa Janney is just so fantastic there's she never misses she's always no perfect. she's perfect we we watched a lot of alice and janney on our road trip here because we were stuck with like the hotel weird TV. alternate universe that is like hotel room tv on the move here for like you know five days yeah. and the one thing we could find no matter what time of day always on a channel uh mom was playing yep and so we're oh. like oh we're just gonna watch anna ferris and alice and janney like yeah. the whole road trip yeah, here. The, the, the constants that exist in the hotel room tv is that we could watch like mom or two and a half men or ridiculousness like yeah. those are the oh, only yeah. things yeah that's that's every hotel like that's <laughs> that's your options yeah I don't understand how the TVs oh, work and, there. Oh, and SVU too, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's always running in five or six on five or six channels 24 hours a day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Mitchell, who plays Mr. Morgan. 100%. Mr. Morgan? Yes. Yeah, he's he's got he's got the attitude I'm okay with. Yeah. Yes. He is fed up with her white girl bullshit yep. and that that shit oh god i yep. love that yeah mm-hmm. his character does add some levity in that regard yeah oh absolutely he's like, so necessary he's because yeah he's the one who called he's the character that all, every john hughes movie needs mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah yes <laughs> i agree i think i i think we're universally pro mr morgan here yeah. uh this is I often refer to him as the poor man's Eugene Levy. <laughs> uh, and maybe one of my favorite dads ever oh my God. in team moviedom. Can mm-hmm. you go wrong with Larry Miller? Oh my God. I love Bradford. Larry Miller so oh, much. I love, I love him to death. I think so after funny. we watched this, I needed to collect. The first time we watched it for the podcast, I needed to cleanse myself of this movie. So we just watched like an hour and a half of Larry Miller stand up because yes. I love yes. him. I love him. <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm a, he's a yes for me. Like when he delivers stuff and he goes straight faced. Oh, fuck. I just, everything. Larry Miller is a constant in so many movies that I love specifically because he's in them. Yeah. Because one that we covered for our Patreon is we covered Max Keeble's big move. And yeah. that was really real fun. The first time you showed it to me, not as much not fun as the, the second, second time, time, but Larry Miller. Oh my God. Perfect. As like the, always the terrible principal and, and just so good. Oh, smelly goats can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get a smelly goat, in my car. Like he's just, He's so funny and he's become this like running blessing in our life. Like we made a Larry Miller joke in our promising young woman episode after I'm crying about talking about assault. And I'm like, I guess this is where I should have Larry Miller to listen to my father. Yeah. Because your dad called, uh, called him a little bitch. Yeah. My dad's, my dad's awesome. I could not fuck Larry Miller because I would, he reminds me of my dad. Like, he does not remind me of my dad. My dad uh, had a very thick hair and an <laughs> intense widow's peak. Larry Miller's the opposite. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my love for his work gives him the yes for me. Do I want to fuck Larry <laughs> Miller? Probably not. But like, uh, also, let's not forget. But, but you'll try. I'll try. Uh, <laughs> his, his character in Best in Show. Oh, my uh, God. So horny. He's the one that like, when Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, like when they're on their way there, they go, when they're having dinner, oh my fucking God, that is such a funny. (sighs) You see, Uh, and he's one of those actors that no matter how small his role is, he brings it because he's also, he's the, uh, like the hairstylist in the princess diaries yeah. Oh, yeah. and just like the 
Like, like that you broke my glasses you broke my brush <laughs> it's like oh, i love you so much i he has my favorite line in the nutty professor which i don't know if that nutty professor is funny i haven't watched it in a long time but he's the villain in that one and he goes ah oh, clump may i get you anything tea coffee rack of lamb <laughs> he the way he responds to his daughters and 10 things i hate about oh you too where he knows that he's lying or embellishing but he's like for the sake of this story, I will yeah. double down on my bullshit. Didn't he say something yes. being elbow deep in placenta? Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. A very dad thing to say. Very dad. Uh, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, so Ashley already knows what my answer is going to be on this uh, because I would let this woman uh, shit diarrhea directly into my mouth. And I know- Are you going to say- but Are you going to say Gabrielle Union? I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am nothing if not predictable. <laughs> I, I, uh, I love and adore uh, uh, black women, and I married the honkiest of white girls. Yep. But, oh, fucking, I love her. I love her so much. God damn it. And chat, she's good as chastity. I think... Gabrielle Union I mean because she has this and she has she's all that where she doesn't really get to do much other than just be like hot white girls sassy friend but then she immediately from that goes to bring it on where Mm -hmm. she is a fucking powerhouse bad bitch yeah every yeah every role that she's in I love her she's great and Gabrielle Union is one of the most beautiful people I think that has ever existed on this planet like yes. it's unreal. And the fact that she's also a nice person, like mm-hmm. she does TikToks with her trans daughter and it's yep. so cute. Yep. So yeah, big yes for, yep. for Gabrielle Union. Short of Allison Janney, because you know, it's obviously, but this, this is my biggest yes in this cast. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, this and Allison Janney, I think are the, the, the absolute home runs. Um, yeah. Also who, who is her husband? Isn't she married to an NBA player? Yeah. Um, yes. But I don't know any Dwayne, of their names. Dwayne Wade. Is that right? Is that right? That sounds right. Is it D Wade? Yeah. 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 And I love the way that they took in their trans child without. Mm -hmm. There's no, I mean. Didn't, they didn't break a beat. It wasn't. And they don't exploit their child. No. They're proud of their child and that's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, It's beautiful. Uh, Susan May Pratt plays Mandela. Uh, mm. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> she was in, she, Let's find out. I'm right here. She was in oh. stage too, right? She looks fine, I guess. She's oh, Shakespeare good. girl. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good on this one. Yeah, she's. She seems like somebody who's gonna want to talk to me about Sylvia Plath afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to hear about the book you're reading. Mm. She seems right. like a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Cause she'll start talking. I'll be like, is this a wrestler? Is this a wrestling biography or autobiography? No. Okay. Yeah. We don't need to talk then. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to see where this goes. Joey fucking Donner. Andrew (laughs) Keegan. Uh, Where do we land? He's the one who started a sex cult, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm good. Even without (laughs) the sex cult, I'm good. Okay. I, I can't with Andrew Keegan. Like, because the thing is, I look at him and I'm like, you're objectively extremely handsome. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm torn because on one hand, I'm like, I want to punch you in the face. 
And then on the other hand, I feel the same way about him as I do about Steph in Pretty in Pink, yeah. where like, I want to have sex with you simply to ruin sex for you for yes. the rest of your life. Because yes. now every model, every whoever you have, you're going to think about my fat gay ass and be disappointed. Yeah, like, <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Because I'm a bad person. <laughs> so you, you use sex as a weapon? Yes. With men? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. As opposed to me where I'm just like, you look so stock. You look like so many of that guy in my high school that was like a dickhead and also extremely boring and having your, your personality was that you are mean. Yes, that yeah. is. Yeah. That's boring sex. Yeah. Also, he looks like, and I like, look, I don't know Andrew Keegan personally. His features would indicate to me that he is the type to drug somebody. That's, I do oh, I'm not saying he's done it, but I wouldn't be surprised if you told me he did it like six times. Yeah. There's, there's a very specific kind of face that I've used to describe people uh, for BJ where I'll be like, "Mm, this character has a smile. Like he's not stopped when a girl said no. Yeah. 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 Yep, no, that yep, checks out. Yep. It does. We Ashley and I often will watch movies and talk about which characters look like. Because mm-hmm. mm. her, like when we watch stuff like uh like the black the Black Christmas remake or the crap yeah. promising young woman, like she watches it like like someone's dad watches a, a playoff football game. <laughs> <laughs> like it's very like, like that's how she watches these movies. And I just sit and I'm like watching her watch it like this is an interesting reaction um but when she sees someone like him you always that's always your instinct yeah just be like he's a piece of shit and i'm like really why what happened what did i <laughs> i can just tell i just <laughs> oh. um i feel like we're gonna get a yes on this one across the board loyal michael ekman david krumholtz david krumholtz Okay. Um, you mean uh, Bernard the Elf? You mean uh, what was it? I have uh, a dick on my face. Drew McIntyre from earlier this year? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm. 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 I want to hang out. I'll maybe maybe cuddle Bernard the Elf. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to have sex with him. I don't think has has one of the great lines in the movie yeah. though. One of the more memorable yeah. ones because he's got a dick on his face. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a weird love of David Krumholtz that I can't quite explain, but there is something in the recesses of my mind that I do know without a doubt that Bernard the Elf was one of like my, that feels weird to look at kind of things as a child. I mean, that was the most handsome I think he was, was Bernard the Elf. And I think it was because he was this very like flamboyant boy character with like long hair and glitter. And my brain was like, I didn't know boys could look this way. Huh, I like that. When the reality is, no, you like women, you dumb piece of shit toddler. So, (laughs) Oh yeah, this was like, uh, like when we were in high school and I was just like, all the women who are like, oh my God, Bill from Tokyo Hotel is so beautiful. And I'm like, just admit you like women. <laughs> like for real though. Yeah. Um, I, I think every time he pops up in something, I'm really happy to see him. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, like that scene in Superbad. Yeah. They think Michael Sarah is somebody's <laughs> brother that he's not. And they're all yep. in they're on Coke. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Everyone is firing on all cylinders yep. in that scene. And he he is like the anchor of the scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. 
and and you know that his recurring role in the Harold Kumar movies. Yep, he just he pops up at the right moments. I think yeah, I like he's about. he's a good bit player. He is, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. The right character guy to drop into something. Yeah. Uh, now this one definitely lands in your generation of like young teen, like sure. yeah, because of her TV work, uh, Bianca Stratford. Otherwise. Oh, Larissa yeah. Olenek. Yes, Larissa Olenek. <sighs> I love Larissa Olenek, but like she's forever in my mind. Like she's Alex Mack. So my mm-hmm. brain, I don't think allows me to go there because it's uh, just yeah. like, no, you were like my best friend character that I wanted yeah, to Yeah, you wanted with. to like kind of be yeah. Alex Mack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I get that that probably, it's the same thing with, I think, Hilary Duff, probably. Uh, yeah, that's Hillary. another one. Yeah. As li- she's always Lizzie McGuire. Like, if mm-hmm. if Hillary Duff took one of those like wild ass like Paul Schrader makes a real filthy movie where she plays like a like a junkie prostitute, uh huh. Like I don't know. Like, well, she was Sharon Tate. Yeah, yeah was she was. Say, yeah, was but Tate but even that like where Sharon Tate is always Sharon Tate is always uh, presented as like kind of a martyr character. So, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Whereas if it was just like, you know, Hillary Duff starring in a Paul Schrader movie, she's just sucking dicks everywhere. Like, <laughs> I think everyone would just be like, I don't know how to process this. Yeah. I've got moments where, uh, with Mandy Moore a lot, mm-hmm. where like uh, 47 meters down and with that with Mandy Moore, where I'm just like, oh no, but you're like the good little Christian girl. You're you're the nice one. But then she's down there getting eaten by sharks. I'm like, oh God, they're trying to kill Rapunzel because you can't see her face the whole movie. She's wearing scuba yeah. gear. So all yep. you hear is just Rapunzel going, I'm oh my god <laughs> oh so is it is the uh is alex mack because like is a no because it's like you think of her as alex mack is that is that probably the that's where it is for me like i have this really weird thing when somebody be, like comes into my life as like a young person yeah that even when they're like a full adult like it's different for somebody like Miley Cyrus because I'm like, oh no, you're evolving and you're taking control of your life. And like, that's great. I've gotten to watch that progression. So it makes more sense to me. As opposed to someone like this, who's not really been like consistently doing stuff. So then she's perpetually left back there. Yes. So if she were to like show up randomly and do something like that, I think my brain would short circuit. Um, I don't know. There's this weird thing that we do culturally with, these young starlets, like I think about like the, like the Olsen twin, like countdown clock for their 18th birthday, mm-hmm. like gross oh. shit like that, where I'm just like, I can't, like, I can't go there. Like it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. They also pulled the ultimate long con on us by coming bazillionaires who now look like, who look like skeletons that live in caves and wear brown bags on their body. Like <laughs> it's, it's the ultimate long con. Like when you see the Olsen twins now, they're like, Ugh. Uh, like I kind of like that they did that to to everybody because I, was, I really wish that they would come back to acting and then just like join up with Elizabeth and then take over the fucking world yeah. like that would be great uh, they still they kind of scare me a, a little, little bit. bit yeah a little bit <laughs> um I relate too much to Bianca to fuck her okay all right like she that was me in high school okay you were so, the good girl who everybody thought was a, a whoer yes yeah, yeah. With a very controlling <laughs> parent. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh Jesus, yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, eh. Mm. It's, it feels more personal. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, 
Cameron. Hard <laughs> no. Really? Um, <laughs> I hate Cameron. Like, yeah, Joseph Gordon Levitt, I'm like, whatever on. But like, I, he, Joseph Gordon Levitt, though, has played two characters that I have never wanted to drop kick more. <laughs> and it's this and then 500 Days of Summer, where oh. I'm like, oh, you need Zoe Deschanel to teach you how to be a grown. Fuck you. Like, I yeah. can't, yeah. I can't with yeah. him. Yeah. Fuck you, yeah. motherfucker. I think he's grown into his aesthetic, but uh, during this period, no aesthetically i'm like no character wise i'm like hell no (laughs) for to joseph gordon levitt's credit though if you did a uh uh try this not that you could be like try joseph gordon levitt not shia labeouf like that's how i think (laughs) you know like (sighs) eat this not that there was a good period where i was way on the shia labeouf train there before yeah where where home run yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about like when he started going uh, like bananas, yeah. like that, like yeah. when he wasn't doing much acting, he was just like, I'm in Sia videos where I'm doing like choreography and I'm watching my own movies and just doing like kind of banana stuff up until like a few years ago. I was like way on the Shia LaBeouf train. Right. Like when he showed up in the uh, actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf video, first time I saw that, I don't know if I've ever popped harder in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. <laughs> I, I wish, uh, but do you feel like also with Shia LaBeouf, you're like, I was waiting for this to happen. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. The, the real. He's indi- danced too close to fire for too long. The real yeah, indicator, if, if yeah. I'm going to be honest, the real indicator is he did a Disney Channel original movie called True Calling, yep. which they don't ever say it, I believe. But the indication is that he's playing somebody who's pretty far on the autism spectrum yeah. And he committed really, really, really hard and went really method. And he's young when he's playing that. And like for somebody that young to be like, I'm going to be a method actor, I'm always very concerned mm-hmm. because method acting, like you need to have a good therapist in your life if you're going to be a method actor. And I don't Absolutely. think that those resources right. were available to him. And then obviously when we, we know from like Honey Boy that like absolutely was not available to yeah. him. Yes. And and look, for what it's worth, the teenager's frontal lobe is still developing. I know mm-hmm. that might seem like like a weird, I'm not making an excuse by any means, but like what you're saying, BJ, absolutely true. Like that you yep. have a still developing brain that dug super deep into something that maybe it was not ready to do. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like your brain's still developing until you're like 26 or something. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's pretty far. And I mean, it does not excuse in any way, shape or form the things that he's done. No. Like he needs to be held accountable for oh, them. Yeah. It does explain them, though. But there's a difference between excusing and explaining. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then the final one. Uh, I'm really interested to see where this goes. Cat <laughs> <Kat> Stratford. <laughs> Played by Julia Styles. It's just masturbation to me because that's just who I was, and that's a, a, <laughs> that's like that's why I loved that movie so much because I was like, "That's me, I'm that girl." Yeah. And then you know I rewatch it and I'm like, oh, "God, was I that bad? I yeah. know. that irritating and insufferable." Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, like a friend of mine, I, a friend oh. of mine sent me a shirt or a shirt, a picture, the other day of me in college. And I have on like a plaid shirt and a sh- like a dark gray and black striped sweater yeah. and like dark pink denim and a slouchy hat. 
And I just like look at this picture and I'm like, oh, Jesus ass. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, it sure looks like you're in college and also taking theater, huh? Oh, gee, like it's, <laughs> it's so insufferable. And I look at it and I'm like, this is, this is why people make like triggered memes. Like that outfit that I'm wearing is yeah. Yeah. that insufferable feminist oh. bullshit. Oh, <laughs> how could I? <laughs> I get it. I, I can look back over years of pictures of like, hey, watch, watch me go through every punk rock and hardcore kid uh, fashion phase because <laughs> those were wise choices. Like I got, you go from like, you know, the hoodie with the, the big leg jeans and the choker necklace and the Adidas running shoes to, hey, now we're all greasers. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? That's and now you finally have landed on like, you look like you have a food truck and are going to be going on guys' grocery games. Yes. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've taken my final form of just dad. <laughs> I, I, I am an embodiment of dad. That's my essence. <laughs> if I were developing fun themed drinks, I would want, develop one called the dad where you just pour Michelob Ultra into a grass stained New Balance. And drink <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my offering oh, to the bartender that's world. That's so gross. <laughs> But if you presented that, people would be like, oh, no, that all works. All those elements. That's, that's the dad, all right. Yeah. Is it weirder that I'm more grossed out about Michelob Ultra than I am about drinking from a shoe? <laughs> oh, so that's what you're into. We've never talked about this. <laughs> hey, you'll discover new things when you have a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Julia Stiles, is she? I'm, I'm, I'm a big no on her. She bothers me. I'm just going to say. Cat Stratford, big no. Like hard, hard no. We talk about this where it's like, if we had met sooner, like when we were in like, say high school, how much would we have hated each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think my type was just anyone who was interested in me. So play with that what you will. But I would have taken advantage of that in a hard Yeah, exactly. So Because I was a bad person then. So uh, yeah, Cat Stratford, I think is pretty awful and insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) But Julia Stiles, just she's- anything she's, you can uh she's too plain and and like uh, I, bony and got a weird just, case I think you're both bony yeah. you're both bony you would just like start a fire no we would just be like click it'd be like clicking like wrist bones together and it would just be tons of bruises collar bones are entwined somehow <laughs> oh yeah it's gonna be just blunt force <laughs> i don't i just think she has a weird face her face always bothered me mm. I, I I find her very pretty, okay. In a very weird, like weird way. Like she's approachable. She looks different than everybody else. So that's I think what I, I like. I think she's really striking. This is I can tell you exactly what her her issue was. Is that the two movies that I think people think of first when they think of Julia Stiles is Ten Things I Hate About You and Save the Last Dance. Yeah. And in both of those yeah. movies, they came out during a time where we didn't know what to do with women who had curly hair. Yeah. So yeah. we would slick everything as hard and close to the scalp back as possible. We didn't know what to do with dudes we, with curly yeah, hair either. Curly hair was really a big faux pas for a while there. But no, yeah. the thing I actually think I know her for, and maybe I'm just misremembering, she was in a uh, TV short series. I think it was called like the 1960s or something. And she's like this hippie child, and it's all about like the revolutions and shit of going on in the late 60s it was a or some crap. Series, right? Yeah. Yeah. That used to run on VH1 classic kind of every once in a while. And I'd catch yeah. bits and pieces of that. She might, she may have been one of the people in that. I don't I remember. think she was. 
but she's she's got these like this very slick back hair that sort of then gives your head like an alien shape yes and this is also during the time period where we were plucking our eyebrows so thin and she has she has deep set eyes like Mm -hmm. you can't not have eyebrows like so then when we saw uh i think it's hustlers where she's the the reporter and the interviewer and she has more like pronounced features and she has like a haircut that really suits her i think she looks beautiful and you're just like wow damn okay she's very attractive in hustlers i yes yeah. yeah i think she's just she was a victim of like the fat, what was cool and fashionable at that time was not beneficial for her features in any way, shape, or form. Oh, she's definitely grown into her face a lot more now. That's it's a good thing. Way. I think it's the same. I like, think it's the same face. It's I just not being styled correctly. Uh, no, I think she's also filled out a little bit more. Yeah. She's not as, as, as heroin chic skinny anymore, which is, yeah. I think, beneficial. Yeah. I also lump her in kind of with Natalie Portman of like people that seem like they, would be nice to you if you talk to them yeah yeah like, like does it seem like they're gonna put on like if you run into her and you talk to her she'll probably be decent to you that's yeah I, i'll give her that but she's not i i'm not outright attracted to her i don't think we're fucking <laughs> you, know, you know i mean she could you be, were be a huge whore. maybe she has a really nice personality and that goes yeah. a long way yeah <laughs> you know i don't know i'd have fucking- to not for- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> whatever i think she's hot. personalities can be very fun while fucking how how serious are we gonna treat sex deadly serious that's we're true, really that's- zeroed in or are we having fun by that logic gilbert godfrey could be great in bed mm. like you know mm. we don't know is he gonna do the voice though like that's what so much of his humor is based on yeah. he's sort of stuck with it i mean his wife is pretty he's got a gorgeous wife they've yeah. together i mean um so, so overall, when we think of the cast of 10 Things I Hate About You, as dicey as that movie is for, for you, Harmony, and the problems that you then created for your wife with that movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are we fucking the cast? of? I'm fucking all the people that people don't think you should be fucking yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Give me Mr. Yeah. Morgan and Larry Miller. Give me all the teachers, basically, we, and the dads. We have doubled down on the teachers in yeah. this. <laughs> Sure. Give me all of them and then Gabrielle Union, and I think I'm yeah. set. Like everyone else, I'm kind of good on. <laughs> the odds are like if you think about it though, like that does tip it in the tip in its favor to we fucking. I mean, yeah. That's- I mean, I was I was a lot more yeses than I was noes, but <laughs> that's just usually my <laughs> existence. <laughs> it just means you're 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 ready to love and be loved. I own I own my shit. I own my history. I don't act like it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's just not who I am. Yep. Nope. I same way. Look, yeah. I, I had fun when I could. <laughs> and if I didn't, I didn't. It's fine. There was still drugs and alcohol. I'd find a way to so before we go, I want you guys to tell everybody where they can find the Sons of Prom, where they can find you on the internet, all that shit. Give them your, give them your, uh, your stats. Sure. So this ends at prom is on Pop People Productions, but you can listen to it anywhere that you get your podcasts. We have Twitter and Instagram at this ends at prom. We also have a Patreon at this ends at prom uh, where we watch teen boy movies. Harmony makes uh, playlists. We do commentary tracks for movies that like you probably watch at a sleepover. 
Uh, we'll do occasional lists where we talk about our top fives of something related to the genre. Uh, pretty fun community over there. People are people are a blast. Um, also find out the schedules ahead of time. And uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's just my name at BJ Flangelo. Um, pretty, pretty easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, but mostly Twitter because there's, there's just so little to put on Instagram when you're just staring at the, the same walls and shit over and over again. Like I'm not even putting on makeup. I'm not doing that. Like yeah. what's there to post? So yeah, you can find all of my cocktails and articles and chicanery over on my Twitter at uh, Velocitraptor, Velosa underscore trap underscore tour. Yes. Um, and, uh, and I can tell you is, uh, because our podcast network is, is one that we, we like to champion all podcasts. You guys have been mentioned on multiple shows, uh, uh, because, uh, like that's just, I mean, I Jabroni, you podcast network is, is one that is just about putting something positive out there. And so you got a lot of fans over at our network as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It was just recently on, uh, on Biff radio a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. 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 Which is so nice catching up with Ben. Yes. Uh, so you've po- you guys have now popped up twice on, on, uh, on this network. <laughs> so uh, make sure you guys check out their show every Thursday, wherever podcasts are available. This ends at prom. And until next time, we will talk to you guys later. Bye.